The envelopes, please, Mr. Holford. May we hear the sound of the envelope tearing, please? Uh, you open it, Doris. All right. The winner is? And the winner is. And the Oscar goes to? The Oscar goes to? And the Oscar goes to? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Geeks United. This is Jamie. Uh, This is a little bit of a different episode for us. Every year we do our annual Oscar prediction show. But then in addition to that, I, in past years, have always gone on my good friend Jason O'Brien's show, Oscar Oscar, for his Oscar prediction roundtable. And this year we're merging the two. Uh, Jason is kind of migrating his show, Oscar Oscar. Uh, for the purposes of tonight's episode for the Oscar predictions, and we're going to see how it goes. So without further ado, here's my good buddy, Jason O'Brien. Thank you, sir. I, I don't know about the word migrating, though. That disturbs me for some reason, but it's it's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I really, I do want to thank you. This has been like a crazy year. And, you know, so giving us a little home for this prediction special, because I haven't even been able to do my own show and blog talk radio, raising their prices quite a bit. You know, we won't even talk about that, but um but yeah, it just wouldn't seem like an Oscar season without doing this show. So I appreciate, you know, you giving us a home for it. You're um, very welcome. But yes, we have a panel of four this year. We usually try to do five, uh, but we've, we've been going on a pretty good tradition of someone having to like pull out at the last minute from the show. That's so, my tradition. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so we're missing Chelsea this year. She couldn't make it this year. So, but we do have our panel of four. Um, and I'm trying to think how many years we've done this now. And like, it's, it's been a, it's been a few years now. It's um, been like six or seven, at least with yeah. where I've been in there. So, yeah, I think so. And the voice you hear, that. that's Mark Johnson, of course. Welcome, Mark. Hey, thanks, you doing, thanks for having me again. Absolutely, man. It wouldn't be the same without you. And I'll, I'll be waiting on many of those stats tonight too. So I hope you're prepared. I've got one or two. Okay. And then of course, Garney Johnson. How you doing, Garney? I'm doing great. This is my 13th year. Thirteenth, <laughs> wait, thirteenth year of like prediction special. We've done this. Yeah, two thousand seven was the first time. Good God, <laughs> man, I've known you a long time, dude. <laughs> yeah, but we've never met. We've never met. That's true. We we gotta we gotta do that one of these one of these times. Because I've only met Jamie of of our group here. I've only met Jamie, and that was a, a landmark meeting right there. Mm. <laughs> And Jamie's deeply moved. Who's okay. got a train? Who's who's who lives near a train track? Um, of course, it's Garney. <laughs> <laughs> I live by a hospital. That's actually an ambulance. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, if there's any extra noise, you always know it's going to come from Garney. <laughs> it's good. It's ambiance. It is. It's nice ambiance. Okay. Well, while we're talking ambiance and all this stuff, we do have a prediction special to get to. So, as we always do, Garney. And then a couple years it was Jamie, uh, but Garney has traditionally opened the show with an opening medley, kind of a throwback to the Billy Crystal days of hosting the Oscars, putting together the Best Picture uh, uh, nominees into one kind of medley song. So we got, of course, get our show started with that. So 
Take it away, Garney, with this year's opening medley. It's a wonderful night for Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Who will win? The nine films nominated for the 92nd Annual Academy Award for Best Picture are... The Irishman's a movie that gave De Niro bright blue eyes. Al Pacino's Jimmy Hoffa with Joe Pesci on the side. There's also Anna Paquin, though she hasn't much to say. And when the Irishman is over, you'll feel like you're old and gray. Little Women was a novel and later was a stage play, then became a silent movie, then another silent movie. Then there was a film with sound directed by Kukor. In 15 years, there'd be one more, but in color. Eventually, one made for TV. Seven films, seven miniseries. Four of them just from BBC. There's one opera and musicals, three. There's not one animated version that's in the can. Cause there's actually two just from Japan. But let's talk about Little Women from Greta Gerwig with Saoirse Ronan, Florence Pugh, Emma Watson, Eliza Scanlon, Meryl Streep, and Laura Dern, too. These are just some of the women in the latest Little Women. Marriage story, marriage story. Here's my letter about Marriage Story. What I love about Marriage Story. It made me feel less awkward about my own divorce, says both of them. Seeing Adam Driver's character achieve everything I've always wanted and still be completely miserable helps give me the ability to accept where I am in my own life. Their annoying son made me feel even more fortunate to have my own wonderful daughter. I've had my fair share of fights with significant others, but none have ever ended with one of us telling the other person they wished they were dead, so... More good self-perspective. Being able to stream Marriage Story at home, I could pause it to answer the phone or use the bathroom, or answer the phone while using the bathroom. Marriage Story reminded me a lot of the movie Kramer vs. Kramer, but the major difference being that Kramer vs. Kramer won more than just Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars that year. But Laura Dern would be the first to admit that she's no Meryl Streep. There's a man dressed as a clown on the street In a plaid suit with big shoes on his feet He's a clown with big ambition for a spotlight on the stage Suffering a mental condition That will culminate in rage Killer, 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 killer comedian He'll have a go at De Niro 
Joker's just a mashup of Martin Scorsese movies, but it made some dough, so a sequel's in tow. Killer, 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 killer comedian. Jojo was a boy, refused to kill a rabbit when he was a Nazi youth. Imaginary Adolf Hitler was his best friend till he found a hidden Jew. Jojo! Rabbit! More quirky than Wes Anderson. Who knew? Beatles and Bowie sound so cool in German. Good luck, Jojo. Here in Le Mans, there is a long motor race that lasts for 24 hours with curves all over the place for cars. There is a Ford that challenges Ferrari, and that's the basic premise of this real-life movie about cars. It's got a cast with some pretty big names, but Christian Bale and Matt Damon are both upstaged by cars. Seemed like work was meant for other men. While we lived underground, breathing the fumigation. I want to provide for my wife and children. And live somewhere that we... Don't have to watch a drunk guy pee. And find a strong Wi-Fi signal again. In the plot of Parasite. There's so many things going on. The plot of Parasite. It's a family's long con to trick their way into employment in Parasite. Leo's worrying about being a has-been. His best friend is also his stunt double. They worked for years doing lots of TV. Now it seems their careers are in trouble. Once upon a time in Hollywood, when Polanski lived next door, it's Tarantino's Hollywood, and who could ever ask for more? Playboy Mansion, Spawn Ranch, and the Hollywood Strip from 1969, all retro. Oh, 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 oh. Sharon Tate gets to live when Quentin flips the script. It's history by Tarantino. Oh, oh, oh. So many great films from 2019. It's obscene. Best picture can't be a three way tie. Might be New Zealand, Netflix, or South Korea, or Greta, who knows where the votes will lie. Or it might be Hollywood, maybe it's Quentin's big day. If it's not from Hollywood, then it's probably from UK. Just one shot. Tracking through the trenches. It looks like only one shot. Following the soldiers through the fields until a blackout soon reveals there's more than one shot. Now covered in darkness. While he takes his one shot to get the colonel to retreat. 
just one shot. It's all that he's got. In 1917. Very nice. Very good. Good Manilo. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get some Manilo in there for Jamie. That just makes him so happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well done. You know, he wrote that song in a dream. He did. Yeah, he dreamed it. Dreamt it. Wow. Dream, dreamt. I don't, dreamt. I don't dreamt, know. Dreamed whatever. He was sleeping when he came out with it. <laughs> okay. So forgive him if it goes astray. <laughs> yes. Okay, so now that we've gotten this like started like we need to, um, I thought I'd go back to kind of the arrangement of categories like we did for a couple of years where we kind of arranged it in the order of, of how movies are made. Um, so we got back to this this year. So we'll start with, and it actually kind of works out that these are a couple of the difficult categories, at least for me, I think, to predict. So we'll begin with Best Original Screenplay. For the Best Original Screenplay, the nominees are Knives Out, written by Rianne Johnson. I just buried my 85-year-old father who committed suicide. Why are you here? I'm here at the behest of a client. Who? I cannot say, but let me assure you this. My presence will be ornamental. You will find me a respectful, quiet, passive observer of the truth. Marriage Story, written by Noah Baumbach. You always made me aware of what I was doing wrong, how I was falling short. Life with you was joyless. So then you had to go and fuck someone else? You shouldn't be upset that I fucked her. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her. Do you love her? No, but she didn't hate me. You hated me. You hated me. You fucked somebody we worked with. You stopped having sex with me in the last year. I never cheated on you. That was cheating on me. But there's so much I could have done. 1917, written by Sam Mendes and Christy wilson Keynes. Did you hear that story about Wilco? How he lost his ear? Not in the mood. Keep your eyes on the trees, top of the ridge. They told you it was shrapnel. What was it then? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, written by Quentin Tarantino. Obviously, I'm not too young to fuck you. But obviously you are too old to fuck me. What I'm too old to do is go to jail for Poontang. <laughs> Prison tried to get me all my life, but ain't got me yet. Say it does, it won't be because of you. No offense. Parasite, screenplay by Bang Joon-ho, Hai Jeon-won, story by Bang Joon-ho. So Mark, get us started on original screenplay. So this is one of the tougher ones, I think, on the evening. And I think it could be a pretty good harbinger for Parasite if it were to win. We still, I probably should be noted, we're recording this before BAFTA announces, before WGA announces. So the screenplays are a little extra tricky. Um... Tarantino's not nominated for WGA. He never is. He's not a member of the guild. So obviously he's not winning there. And I'd be really surprised if he won BAFTA. But I think that'll be a helpful clue for us too if it wins BAFTA. So 
Right now, I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I wouldn't be surprised if I switch over to Parasite at the last minute here, if it wins both WG and BAFTA, but leaning Tarantino. Yeah, I'm. This is a tough one. Like, I'm. I'm leaning Tarantino. Also, that's that's my prediction right now, um, because I just, you know, we'll we'll obviously get to some other awards later. But I just, I feel like, you know, this would be what Tarantino's third screenplay Oscar, I think. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. And, and yeah, Django. Did, Did he, he win for Django? Django? Yeah, he won for Django. Oh, okay. Oh. So yeah, so I just I just feel like you know certainly that film is not going to go away empty-handed. I don't think from Oscar night. So I, I just feel like this is probably its best chance to win one of the major awards for Tarantino himself. So, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It could go to Parasite, um, and I also maybe thought this possibility for Marriage Story, uh, but yeah, I got to lean, I got to lean Tarantino on this one. So Garney, what do you think? I'm also thinking Tarantino. Um... The only other writer who has won screenplay three times is Woody Allen, but mm. he was nominated like a dozen more times than Quentin Tarantino. This is Tarantino's fourth nomination in writing. The only time he didn't win was for uh, Inglorious Bastards. Mm. And so you know, it puts him in a elite category that Tarantino is definitely welcome into. I think there's a lot of people that want to see it be Tarantino's night. And I think this is his best shot of actually walking away with an award. Mm-hmm. And Jamie, what do you think? I would go with Tarantino as well, even though there's, uh, I guess there's a feeling out there that as a screenplay, this one is rather aimless. I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, me too. So that's not necessarily my criticism, but I'm wondering if that will come into play. Huh. Um and voting against it and plus he's already won twice and the parasite phenomenon is not waning Mm. so i think its major competition is parasite but i'll give the edge to once upon a time yeah this could this could be an interesting one for sure um all right so we have original screenplays and then of course we have adapted based on material from another medium so let's hear the nominees for best adapted screenplay for the best adapted screenplay the nominees are the Irishman, screenplay by Steven Zalian. I heard you paint houses. Yes, yes, sir, I, I do, I do, and I, uh, I also do my own carpentry. Ah, oh, I'm glad to hear that. I understand you're a brother of mine. Yes, sir, local 107, since 1947. Yeah, you know, uh, our friend speaks very highly of you. Well, thank you. He's not an easy man to please. Jojo Rabbit, screenplay by Taika Watiti. Guys, this is Johannes Betzler, the kid I told you about. Remember, he stole a hand grenade and blew himself up, and as a result, I got demoted for negligence. Now I get to work in this office with all these wonderful kids. So, Jojo, I'm sure we can figure out something for you to do. Oh. Ideas? Yeah. Guys? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, we need somebody to walk the clones. Joker, written by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver. Have you seen what it's like out there, Murray? Do you ever actually leave the studio? Everybody just yells and screams at each other. Nobody's civil anymore. Nobody thinks what it's like to be the other guy. You think men like Thomas Wayne ever think what it's like to be someone like me? To be somebody but themselves, they don't. They think that we'll just sit there and take it like good little boys, that we won't werewolf and go wild. 
Little Women, written for the screen by Greta Gerwig. They have minds, and they have souls, as well as just hearts. And they've got ambition, and they've got talent, as well as just beauty. And I'm so sick of people saying that, that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. But I'm, I'm so lonely. The Two Popes, written by Anthony McCartan. Christ did not come down from the cross. Ah, God always grants you the right words. Oh, no, no. A pope must go on forever, be the personification of the crucified Christ. If you do this, you will damage the papacy forever. Well, what damage will I do if I remain? All right, and so I'm getting started on this one. This is a tough one. This is a really, really tough one because I think it's between two here. I think this is between Jojo Rabbit and Little Women. Um, and I could see him giving it to either one uh, because, I mean, the case for Jojo Rabbit, I think, you know, again, I don't think Jojo Rabbit has a chance in a lot of other major categories. So it's a, an opportunity to honor him there. But at the same hand, like with a lot of the uh, criticism of the Academy not giving Gerwig a Best Director nomination. And I also think it's a, a great adapted screenplay. I, I'm leaning Little Women on this one, uh, but I, I could see it going to either one. So this one's a real tough one, but I'll, I'll put my prediction for Little Women right now. By the way, Leaning Little Women, that's my favorite Todd Browning film. <laughs> yes. He's the director of Freaks, Leaning Little Women. <laughs> Leaning Little Women, yes. But these are all great screenplays, too. Like The Two Popes was such a great screenplay. The Irishman's a good screenplay. Joker. Um, but yeah, I just I, I, I'm just, I just keep thinking Little Women, but this, this could bite me, too. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think. So, so Garney, what do you think? I'm also going with Little Women. I would rather see Jojo Rabbit win it. I'd actually would vote for The Two Popes. I think that was one of the best screenplays of the year. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the fact that Little Women is a screenplay based on a beloved novel about a writer, everything about this just screams that screenplay is where Greta Gerwig deserves to win her first Oscar. Oh, that would be her first Oscar, wouldn't it? Yep. Yep. Oh, that makes me feel even better then. Okay, so Jamie, what do you think? Wow. <laughs> it's Swat. tough because uh, I want the Irishman, uh, the Irishman to win. Mm. And just in terms of ambition and difficulty of achievement, I, I mean, I like the Irishman to win. But uh, you guys have convinced me. I think, uh, I think it is Little Women. And... Um, and Jojo Rabbit probably has an outside chance just so it'll be represented somewhere mm. among the winners. God, I hate that the Irishman won't get it. Especially since, isn't, um, I haven't seen it yet, isn't Little Women uh, pretty much directly from the book outside of the ending? Mm. Like mo she, most of it is lifted directly she, from the book. It is. Yeah, she, she, she messes with the timeline. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, there, there you go. The Irishman doesn't do that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. Yeah, not a bit. So, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you guys, and I think you most you guys said most everything. So, Little Women is where I'm leaning. The USC scripter kind of changed my mind because I was mostly on the Irishman all year because Steve Zalian's a mm -hmm. badass, and uh, you know, kind of was written that way. But I and honestly, I agree with what Garney said about the two popes. That's the one that if I could pick the upset here i'd love to see two popes sneak in with it and with the two acting noms it got it's, i don't think it's out of the question 
Uh, but yeah, I, I'm leaning Little Women as well. Back to leaning Little Women. See, right. This is right where we started. You know. Okay. Well, you guys made me feel better about that one. So good. So we have universal agreement on on original and adapted screenplay. So let's let's see how this continues. So so now we're going to get into a lot of the other kind of movies. You know, documentary short films. We'll kind of knock these out. So let's hear some of the nominees here for best documentary feature. For the best documentary feature, the nominees are. American Factory. Now the whole world is watching. Nothing in America has changed in terms of working people working hard. What changed in America was rich people deciding they wanted to rewrite the rules to take advantage of people. You never give up on the American dream. To me, that would be un-American. The Cave. The edge of democracy. But something in our social fabric started to change. The country divided into two parts. And this wall would rip us apart. For Sama. Honeyland. All right, so Jamie, get us started on this category. What do you think? Wow. You know, uh, documentaries are frequently my favorite films every single year, and I'm ashamed to say this past year I've seen very few of them. Mm. Uh, But I have seen American Factory, and I think American Factory might have the biggest buzz behind it, especially in liberal Hollywood if somebody like Obama can take the stage with the (laughs) film years. Um, That probably would be kind of irresistible to the Academy. Well, how is so, how is he involved in it again? Like, I know he was involved in it somehow. Was he like a? He's, it's his he, production company, I think, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Gotcha. He, he essentially acquired it for his production company. I don't okay. think he was behind the making of it. He just viewed mm-hmm. it when it was done. He said, "I'll pick this up as part of my Netflix contract." So, oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so I'll go with that one. All right, Mark. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's going to be part of the big reason behind it, especially in the political era we're in. I think you know. Bring in, if Obama's even at, in attendance, I think it's hard to resist the chance to bring him out there. So it's interesting that uh, the front runner, probably all season, we should probably mention Apollo 11, missed out. And that's the third year in a row where we've seen the, the major player miss out on even a nomination. I know. It's, uh, it's not uncommon for the documentary uh, yeah, category, no, yeah. unfortunately. Going back to like hoop dreams, you know, like yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's always a documentary or two that gets left off that we're surprised by. Um, I have to concur. I think American Factory is just the front runner here. Although I think it's pretty cool that I think this is the first time we've ever had a best documentary nominee and a best is the same. Another also has a nomination for foreign language film, which I think is pretty amazing with Honeyland. Um, 
Because the first one I first heard that I was like, wait, are there two different movies called Honeyland? And somehow they got the nominations for this. But well, there is another movie called Honeyland, but uh, it's it's not Academy <laughs> Award worthy. That's more. What, the, cha- uh, what channel did you find that on? It's an AVN. Uh, an AVN award. winner. Yes. There you go. So yeah, I got I got to go American Factory for all the same reasons that you guys are saying. So, Garney, what do you think? Um, I've the only one I haven't seen is The Cave, and I would vote Ooh. for Honeyland. Hmm. Um, I think it's a remarkable achievement. Uh, I think in any other year for Sama would be a really strong contender because it's the most personal, hmm. uh, documentary, um, and so recent and urgent at the same time. But American factory is my prediction to take the prize. Nice. Look at all this agreement so far. Hmm. All right. So this is where we usually do get some disagreement because, you know, a lot of these, not all of us have seen some of these. So I'm interested to, to hear. Uh, so we don't have clips for these. So let's see. Let's go with Garney, if you'll read the nominees for Best Documentary Short Subject. The nominees for Best Documentary Short Subject are being pulled up on my screen right now. Uh, <laughs> I thought you'd be prepared, Garney. No, I, I haven't. Right here. It's, oh, okay. uh, in the Absence, Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone parenthetical if you're a girl life overtakes me st louis superman and walk run cha-cha all right so let's get get it started garney what do you what do you predict here i've seen most of these and all the ones that i've seen are the ones i'm not predicting to to win (laughs) i think walk run cha-cha has the best shot out of the three that i've seen but i think the race is between learning to skateboard in a war zone and st louis superman uh and I'm going with learning to skateboard in a war zone. Nice. All right. Let's see, Jamie, what do you think? For short subject, I think I'll go with leaning little women. <laughs> uh, <Nice. laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go with le- learning to skateboard. It's got the longest title. Girl <laughs> is girl is part of the title. Seriously. Yes. I mean, and, and, and if you think about the Academy and the controversies that have always surrounded, well, long surrounded the Academy members that they don't even watch these movies. Mm. Um, and even this actress that came out last week and said they should be required to, that should be a requirement to be a member of the Academy is to watch these oh, movies, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which I, you know, I kind of agree with. Um, I, I, I think that that kind of thinking, oh, that's the most interesting title. Uh, probably plays as much of a role as <laughs> as people that uh, uh, actually saw it and have a firm opinion about it. Well, didn't you come up with the theory too about you go with the title that has a colon in it usually? <laughs> and I was looking. That's also true of the AVN Awards. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I set you up good for that one. And I was looking for a title that had a colon, but we didn't, we didn't really have one. So, But it had the parentheticals. So I thought, okay, maybe that, yeah, that's close it, enough. It can apply to the same theory. So, so Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I, I have all five of these still to watch, and I in my email, and I haven't gotten to them yet. But I I know leaning, or sorry, not leaning, but learning to skateboard uh, <laughs> seems to be the front runner. It's got a BAFTA nom for uh, the doc and the IDA award. It, it won the won that, which is two citations that the other four haven't received any for. So uh, seems to be the safer, the safest bet. So I I wouldn't be surprised though with an upset in this category. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I'm also for the same reason going with learning to skateboard. And and I think if I remember right, when I was watching the uh, Oscar nominees luncheon, it, it got a pretty big applause thing, which is always another meter that sometimes you pay attention to, to see uh, what might win. So, so yeah. 
I'll go with that as well. So not a single disagreement yet. So let's see if we've got one here. And Mark, why don't you read us the nominees for live action short film? The nominees for best live action short film are Brotherhood, Nefta Football Club, The Neighbor's Window, Saria, and A Sister. All right. So get us started in this category. What do you think? Um, this is one where I did get to see a couple of the nominees. I have to finish rounding them out, but I'm leaning toward Brotherhood. It was really uh, an interesting, I don't want to say too much about it, but I'll just say it was an interesting film and, and well-received. So going that route right now. All right. Yeah, like I, I haven't had a chance to see any of these, so I basically kind of went on watching the trailers, reading about it, and I also got to go with Brotherhood. Um, no other particular reason. Then besides Mark picked it, and that makes me feel good. <laughs> Garney, what do you think? Uh, I haven't seen any yet, but I'm going to the uh, screening of all five uh, two days after we record this. Uh, so if you ask me in three days, I'll have a more informed opinion. <laughs> mm. But right now, I'm going with the neighbor's window since I'm practically yelling at my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> this is for you. Our first you hear me from the neighbor's window. I'm predicting you to win. Yes. Live action short film. Nice. Our first, yes, our first difference here. So, Jamie, what do you think? I will differ as well. Isn't this odd how this category is all about brothers and sisters? <laughs> yes, very true. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with uh, a sister. A sister, a brother, and a neighbor. That's another AVN award. <laughs> I've watched that one. Very We're nice. all the same football club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so we have some slight differing of opinions there. So let's see. Best animated short film. And we have another sister title in this. So the nominees for best animated short film are Desera, Daughter. Got a parenthetical there. Hair Love, Kitbull, Memorable, and Sister. So I've watched, let's see, two of these. I saw Hair Love and Kitbull. Um, I really love what I see of Memorable, and I've read a lot about that one. Um I loved Kitbull. I, I I saw that one actually when it first came out, um, and that's the Pixar one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. So I'm. Ugh, this was a tough one because I, I almost want to pick that one, but I, I went with Hair Love. I just I feel like that one's going to win, but I, I I feel like this could go any direction here. I really don't have a clue. <laughs> so so Garney, what do you think? I thought it was interesting when they read off the nominees and they got to Hair Love and Issa Rae didn't make any kind of reaction to it because she's <laughs> the the voice in that animated film that's doing the YouTube that they're watching. Um, in your contest, I put Kitbull <laughs> because I think it's just the issue of animal rights is really big right now <laughs> and it's the most and it's touching more universally. Which mm -hmm. hair love, I mean, there is definitely a universal thing with the issues of mother daughter and cancer, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think Kit Bull, I think will would win out an edge in there. But in another contest, I'm going with sister because mm -hmm. there is some of this. There's that theme of the mm -hmm. year, and if One Child Nation had been nominated for Best Documentary, I think I would definitely say Sister would be nominated because it goes hand in hand with that documentary, which deserved a nomination. Okay. But bottom line, I'll, I'm going with Kitbull. Okay. 
that's the one I keep wanting to lean towards. So, Jamie, what do you think? I'm going with hair love. <laughs> <laughs> you said that so like just seductively, so seductively, and sure of yourself, you know, like hair love. Yes, hair love. <laughs> Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I also have hair love. I think I'm the only person on the planet that didn't like Kitbull. I just didn't, <laughs> really? I didn't think much of it. Yeah, my and my kids were very disappointed with me because I loved it. Uh, but where's I your just, heart, Mark? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, I didn't feel anything for that one. And everybody else is like loving it. So uh-huh. I missed something with it. So and I watched it twice just to see what the hell I missed. <laughs> yes. So hair love, and I think there's I think there's some connection here too. Um, with I, I think the person who made the film, one of them is an athlete, and there's, uh, you know, with the recent tragedy of Kobe Bryant, I wonder mm-hmm. if there's any anything on Oscar voters' minds that connects the two. I, I don't know. I don't know if by, but I, I've heard buzz about that. I think so. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Do you know they're 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 taking out some time at the Oscars to do a tribute to Kobe Bryant? Yeah, I heard that. Yes, they should. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. an Oscar winner. I mean, it's yeah, makes yeah. sense to you. And it's and it's Hollywood, right? L.A. So. Mm-hmm. And that was only what a couple of years ago that he won the Oscar for that. Last year, I think, wasn't it? Oh, was it that soon? Recent? I think it was. Jeez. I think it was just last year. Wow. I, I might be wrong. I, I knew it was fairly recent, but okay. So we got through the short film categories. So there are a couple different types of movies too that get honored. And one of those is best animated feature film. So let's hear the nominees. For the best animated feature film of the year, the nominees are How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, Dean Dublaus, Bradford Lewis, and Bonnie Arnold. Come on, Mike. You're nothing without your dragon. Show them what you got, bud. Save him. It's you and me, bud. Always. I lost my body. Jeremy Clapin and Mark D. Pontevis. Klaus, Sergio Pablos, Jinko Gato, and Marisa Roma. Hey, what do you guys think you're doing? This is Smirensburg, the unhappiest place on earth. And you two can't change that. The postman and toy maker are brainwashing everyone. We need to show people that a true selfless act always sparks another. <laughs> Missing Link, Chris Butler, Arian Sutner, and Travis Knight. The search for his kind. I'll bring back proof of the greatest discovery of the century. Will become an adventure of mythical proportions. Um. You have killed my grandmother. Quick, quick, quick. Someone should give her the kiss of life. You're the man for the job. How's my breath? <sighs> Toy Story 4. Josh Cooley. Mark Nielsen and Jonas Rivera. You know, you've handled this lost toy life better than I could. Open your eyes, Woody. There's plenty of kids out there. Sometimes change can be good. You can't teach this old toy new tricks. You'd be surprised. Bonnie? We're going home, Forky. God only knows Bonnie, I'm coming! On my way, Woody! No. 
kids lose their toys every day. I was made to help a child. I don't remember it being this hard. Woody, somebody's whispering in your ear. Okay. All right. And Jamie, I, I wanted to give you this category to start because animated feature film is always your favorite. Yeah. Because you know I know fuck all about it. <laughs> yes. That's why it's so much fun to listen to you like predict this category. So. Oh, gosh. Yes. I didn't even know another How to Train Your Dragon came out this year. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. Animated films are not my thing. No. They never have been, have they? No. Yeah, it, it goes back to your childhood. I, I, I don't even live action films. I don't like people to be too animated in them. I mean, that's how far my disdain goes. For yes, animated films. Uh, uh, I'll go with Missing Link. How's that? Uh, man, I love it. I love that thing. Oh, Mark likes that. So, Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I I would love Missing Link's. Well, I'm between Claws and Missing Link as far as what I'm rooting for. I like both a lot, but. Mm. Um, the, I'll give you the interesting stat, I think, on this one. No film has ever won the Oscar in this category without being nominated for BAFTA. I mm. think that's an interesting stat. And you only have two out of the five that were nominated there, which are Toy Story 4 and Klaus, mm. um, which mm. Klaus was probably my favorite anime of the year. You know, I'm t- tight between that and Missing Link. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with Toy Story 4. I think winning the PGA, the Critics' Choice, it's also got some guild wins with the Motion Picture Sound Editors Guild as well as the Sound Mixing Guild, along with citations from a lot of other, uh, a few of the other guilds. I, as much as I don't want to win because it's by far my least favorite of the five, that's probably where I'm landing. Yeah, this one I think is is pretty tough. It's because didn't Klaus just win like at the Annie Awards? It won. Yeah, yeah Klaus was the big winner at the yeah Annie the big winner there. Yeah. And and I've only seen two of these. I did see Toy Story four and Klaus, and and I loved Klaus. I loved Toy Story four mm-hmm. also. Okay. Um, so th- this is tough. Um, because I, I I almost want to predict Klaus, but uh, yeah, for the for a lot of the same reasons you mentioned, Mark, I did go with Toy Story four. I just think. It it, uh, but I'm gonna be so pissed at myself if Klaus wins and I didn't predict it, you know, because I always I always try to find where that bold pick is gonna be, and I, I feel like it. I don't I just I just don't feel like this is such a sure thing for Toy Story four. No, I don't either. Yeah, so it's but I'll 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 predict Toy Story four, but kind of begrudgingly. So Garney, someone who does love animated feature films, what do you think? Yeah, I've seen all of them, and you know, I don't even know if Missing Link was the best animated film about a Bigfoot. <laughs> I don't Aww. think I liked really? it more oh, than man. Smallfoot, and I didn't see Abominable. Okay, uh, yeah, it was a big year for for Bigfoot. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes. it's Bigfoot slash Yeti, however right. you want to look at it. But I think that we're gonna see history be made Sunday night, and the first part four of anything is finally gonna <laughs> win an Oscar. <laughs> so yeah, Toy Story four. Mm. Um, I I loved it. It was in my top 20 for the year. Yes, I, it was. And I went in not expecting to think it was that good. I was I, I went in with trepidation because I loved the Toy Story trilogy and I didn't think it needed a part four. Mm. And I guess that's the way you need to go into watch a part four of anything. <laughs> Just expect it to be not good. Yes. And you'll enjoy it. Well, yeah, I, I remember when they announced they were going to make that, and I just thought it was so perfect, the trilogy as it was, you know, because I thought it had such a perfect ending in Toy Story 3. So I'm like, why do we need Toy Story 4? But then it did, it because I went in with lower expectations, maybe, I, I was very pleasantly surprised. So, you know, and kind of a surprise that Frozen 2 got left out of this list, I thought. Yeah, it was Frozen out. 
Yeah, yeah. it's Frozen out. That's exactly right. See, if Frozen 2 had been nominated, I think that would make way for something else. But since mm-hmm. Toy Story 4 is the only Disney that's up, mm-hmm. since I think the majority of the Academy is working or will be working for Disney in the near future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. All right, well, let's move to another type of film is, of course, and this is a new, it's been a renamed category. It used to be Best Foreign Language Film, but now it is Best International Feature Film. So let's see. I guess let's have Mark read these nominees. All right, so I will say these in their, each one of these in their native tongue. Is that cool? Oh, very nice, yes. Oh, I'm totally kidding. I can't speak any <laughs> oh, shit, man. All right. From Poland, Corpus Christi. From North Macedonia, Honeyland. From France, Les Miserables. From Spain, Pain and Glory. And from South Korea, Parasite. All right. So go ahead and get it started, Mark. Well, this category has been keeping me up all year. I have no idea what's going to win the international feature. Really? Just kidding. This is the easiest call <laughs> oh, of the night. Yeah. Parasite. Easy easy win walking in the door. Yeah. Like, it's, it's another example of sort of like Roma last year, you know, being nominated for Best Picture and this category. Um but it always create well, I'll get to that discussion later. But but yeah, I, I think definitely Parasite. Garney, what do you think? I want it to be pain and glory, but I know it's gonna be Parasite. <laughs> All right, it's a little painful prediction there, but Jamie, what do you think? It's no doubt it's Parasite. Yes. All right, so pretty easy category to predict there. All right, so let's get to our first acting category. Um, And here are the nominees for Best Supporting Actress. For the best performance by an actress in a supporting role, the nominees are Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell. I do not think any of you can even begin to imagine what our lives are like. The media has portrayed my son as the person who has committed this crime. They have taken all privacy from us. They have taken all peace. Laura Dern in Marriage Story. As a woman, as an actor, to read this one particular monologue that Noah wrote for my character, it was like Christmas morning. Because the basis of our Judeo-Christian whatever is Mary, mother of Jesus, and she's perfect. She's a virgin who gives birth. It's outrageous, because it so speaks to how we consider mothers and motherhood you will always be held to a different, higher standard. And it's fucked up, but that is the way it is. Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit. Someday you'll meet someone special. Why does everyone keep telling me that? Who else tells you that? Everyone? Anyway, it's a stupid idea. (laughs) You're stupid. Love is the strongest thing in the world. I think you'll find that metal is the strongest thing in the world, followed closely by dynamite and then muscles. Oh, Cho-Cho, you'll know when it happens. You'll feel it. It's a pain. My ass, I bet. In your tummy, like, like you're full of butterflies. Florence Pugh in Little Women. Well, I believe we have some power over who we love. It isn't something that just happens to a person. I think the poets might disagree. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And as a woman, there's no way for me to make my own money. Not enough to earn a living or to support my family. 
And if I had my own money, which I don't, that money would belong to my husband the moment we got married. And if we had children, they would be his, not mine. They would be his property. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage isn't an economic proposition because it is. It may not be for you, but it most certainly is for me. Margot Robbie in Bombshell. I've never experienced sexual harassment in the workplace, um, not in Hollywood and not other places I've worked. As a woman in the world, have I ever received unwanted sexual advances? Yeah, tons, all the time. I just had never considered it as sexual harassment, really, until I read this script. I could pluck you out and move you to the front of the line. In the film, Roger Ailes harasses Kayla without even getting up from his chair. You know, he's across the room and he harasses her. Uh, and I hadn't really considered the lack of physical touching when I realized that, my God, if I can't even define sexual harassment, how many people out there also can't? All right, Mark, let's, let's get, have you get started in this category. Okay, um, I think the all four acting ones are pretty easy actually this year, unfortunately. Uh, they've been kind of sweeping through. So for supporting actress, I'm sticking with the front runner, which is Laura Dern for A Marriage Story. All right. Yeah, I got to agree. And and it seems like, I, I don't know, I've been trying to think back. When did we have a, like a, when was the last time we had an acting category that just wasn't so already decided by the time it got to the Oscars? It seems like oh. it, the last few years, I mean, yeah. was last year even? Last year, I think was pretty easy. I mm. think 2016 was a little challenging because you had um, a lot of, uh, consp- not conspiracy, but a lot of stuff going around um casey affleck at the time and denzel Denzel was um, had won the sag i think another another Mm -hmm. board so but yeah the last few years the last couple of years at least have been pretty ho-hum with sweeping through it feels like Mm -hmm. there's probably one one or two nominees in there that i'm forgetting but yeah you're right but yeah it had seemed like it it just these acting categories are so easy to predict and and i mean and i like laura dern and marriage story but i just i feel like I don't know why that performance is so worthy of like a win in this category. Yeah, although I wouldn't, I mean, Florence Pugh, I really loved in little women. Um, I liked her. I liked her a lot in uh, the horror movie, whatever that was. What's it called? Oh, uh, Midsommar. Yeah. 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 So, it, but I mean, I, I think she's good in marriage story, but it's, it's, it's almost like it's, it's just one of those awards. I'm kind of like, Okay. And I mean, and Laura Dern's loved. I mean, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's Laura Dern's to win for sure. Garney, what do you think? Well, I mean, last year, the surprise was Olivia Coleman beating out Glenn Close. Oh, yes. That's, that's, oh, true. shoot. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge surprise. Yeah. And yeah. So this totally year, my, that. this year, I think the only real shoe in in the acting category is a supporting actor. I'd be really surprised if that's not who we're all going to pick pretty soon. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> And so then it's just to picking which of the three will have a surprise because I don't think they were there will be more than one, if any. Mm-hmm. And the tricky part with supporting actress is all of the majority of the kind of nominees were in more than one film that it's a lot of times supporting Oscars go to the most acting. Like mm-hmm. when Jim Broadbent won for Iris, he was in like 500 movies that year. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so... Florence Pugh had a great year with Little Women, Midsummer, okay. and uh, Fighting with My Family. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see her win. But I think what Laura Dern has going for her, besides the one-two punch of Marriage Story and Little Women, is that she's second-generation Hollywood who has never won before. So mm-hmm. she's due. 
Florence yeah. Pugh is she has a huge career ahead of her. Same with Margot Robbie, who was great in both Bombshell and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is double nominated. So it's just, I think it all boils down to too many people want to see Laura Dern win. <laughs> and this is her time. It reminds me a lot of when Jessica Lange won for Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. It was time for Jessica Lange to win again. Yep. Very good analysis there, Garney. Jamie, what do you think? I think um, I think Laura Dern's going to win. Did she try to run for president of the Academy or president of SAG or something? Yeah, it was the Academy that she yeah. was in contention for. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's a consolation prize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't well, she isn't, isn't yeah. she a governor in the Academy over something or? She's some, yeah, she has some role there, and, and yeah. she's also Hollywood royalty with you know her mm-hmm. father and stuff. Too, mm-hmm. so. And she's had a long career. She's due and. It's a great performance, I think. As far as you know, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of these. Yeah. I love, I love Florence Pugh, but I think her her performance stands out. I think of these five, at least for me. Yeah, I I like Laura Dern a lot too. She stars in my all time favorite movie. That's uh, right. She sure does. A, of course, the Lost World, Jurassic Park. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I was trying to guess if it was one of the Jurassic. <laughs> no, <that> was, <laughs> yes, it's Wild Heart for those yeah. that don't know. Okay. Yes. So I, I have no problem with her winning. I just wish it. This performance just didn't take me. She was fine, but uh, I, I don't. I don't know the mania over it. Yeah, like I said, it, it is. A, it is a good performance. It's not. It's not horrible, but it. Yeah, it's just when I think of just standout performances of winning, you know, especially in a movie that has such powerful raw performances. Oh, I know. Yeah. Hers, yeah. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go to the category of best production design. And the nominees this year are The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. All right. So this one, this this is a difficult one because I think there's there's three incredibly deserving nominees. I so want Parasite to win this award because when I think of like production design, when has like a house been more like instrumental to a film than like Parasite has? It's almost, it's like another character. Um, But I have a feeling it's not, I think I have a feeling it's going to go to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that's my prediction, which also is very well deserving. I mean, to be able to take present day Los Angeles and all that they did, the, the level of detail to bring, you know, really immerse us back in 1969, I think is amazing. And 1917 is also uh, incredibly well-deserving. Um, so yeah, a lot of deserving nominees is a good list, but I will, I hope for a Parasite win, but I think it's going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So Garni, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It really felt like uh, time travel. Mm-hmm. But like you said, also for 1917, but I don't think that it was the production design that makes it shines the most in that film. Mm-hmm. And this will be a chance for Hollywood to get something other than an acting award and writing award. It'll get mm-hmm. something below the, the line. All right. Jamie, what do you think? Same thing. Once upon a time, number of locations, the, the, the use of real location, transforming real location. I think the degree of difficulty and accomplishment puts it as the winner. And Mark, what do you think? So I'm probably going to be the odd man out here. I I also was between once and another film, but um, you know, the art directors guild and BAFTA this week. And I think will help me 
make my mind up. It's one of four awards I'm not quite a hundred percent on. Um, but right now I'm going with 1917. Mm. Um, and I, you'll probably see why later, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Nice little tease. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll start with that and say, I think this is, I don't know the order of the actual ceremony, but this would be, if this is the first of what I have predicted, then Mm. I think this is what gets the ball rolling for it. Yeah. I mean, I think 19, 1917 will have a better shot at BAFTA, but you got to recognize right. that the vast majority of the voters live in Hollywood. Yep. And so there's going to be a sentimental vote for that as well. And that's kind of what I think I'm waiting on is if Once Upon a Time, which I expect to take Art Director's Guild, if it takes BAFTA too, then it feels very easy to pick mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time. But if they split, I think I have, uh, you know, I try to with my predictions paint a full picture with them and not just look at them siloed. And if I'm going in a certain direction with some of them, I, I tend to lean uh, that direction in ones that are on the fence, I think too. What direction do you lean? <laughs> I lean little women. That's the only way to lean. You know? right. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So now let's, so since we're in dealing with different categories that are about the composing the look, of the film we've got production design we also have costume design so jamie why don't you read us the nominees for costume design this oh, year? i just put a frito in my mouth <laughs> i wonder <laughs> if that was you like it, it must be snack time now we're <laughs> all right costume design <clears throat> let me see if i can read these <laughs> the nominees for best costume design the irishman do you want me to read the nominated nominated uh, designers as well that's up to you Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Now the Frito went down the wrong pipe. The Irishman, Sandy Powell and Christopher Peterson, Jojo Rabbit, Maez C. Rubio, Joker, Mark Bridges, Little Women, Jacqueline Duran, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adrian Phillips. Or Ariane, that would be. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ariane. Yeah, right. Oh, Ariane. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And then Jojo Rabbit's about the Aryan nation. So it's so... Okay. Okay, Jamie. What are, you, what are you predicting in costume design? I don't... Honestly, I don't know. It's a I, think it could, I think it could be a three-way race. Mm. Because obviously they enjoy the costume dramas, which puts little women on great ground. Mm. And then they... Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a great evocative movie of that period and that clothing and yet not and the clothing really tells specific gives specific clues about the personality of each character too and it's not your stereotypical everybody's dressed in tie-dyed hippie stuff i mean it's a lot smarter than that that being said i'm going to go with jojo rabbit (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was wondering where you're going with that prediction choke on that frito (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) So, Mark, what do you think? This is another one of the four that I'm not 100% sold on. I'm currently also with JoJo, but I want to see again what BAFTA does between those two. Jo- I'm sorry, between JoJo and Little Women, because mm. like like uh, Jamie said, the period piece is such an easy one to lean on for this, but mm-hmm. uh, notably missing from the Costume Designers Guild nominees. So kind of curious where they go. And interesting that Little Women is the only... Uh, you know, I, I guess we could say Jojo Rabbit and Irishman are period pieces, but when I think like costume drama, you know, that's Little Women's the only one in this field that's very rare, it seems like. So, mm-hmm. 
right now Jojo Rabbit, but 50-50 with that and Little Women. Okay. Yeah, it's this is really tough. Like uh but I I I did I I'm going to Little Women because I do think the costume drama, you know, does tend to win quite a good bit, so but I, I can definitely see the case for, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, Jojo Rabbit. I can see also the case for that. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna lean Little Women on this one. <laughs> Garney, what do you think? Uh, I think that Little Women just came out too late to be to get enough traction for the Costumers Guild, and I think that's why it was absent from that. And Jojo Rabbit did win at the Costumers Guild. Um, <laughs> The Irishman certainly had the most costuming, but uh, a close second to that would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with all those characters. Mm. But I am also leaning Little Women, even though I think this is Jojo Rabbit's best shot at getting an award. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it going either way. It's one another one just like screenplay. It's between Little Women and Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. All right. So now let's go to makeup and hairstyling and uh, let's see Garney why don't you read these nominees best makeup and hairstyling Bombshell Kazuhiro Ann Morgan and Vivian Baker Joker Nikki Letterman and Kay Georgiou Judy Jeremy Woodhead 1917 Naomi Don Tristan Versluis and Rebecca Cole Maleficent Mistress of Evil Paul Gooch Arjun Tweeten and David White Nicely read, Garney. My so apologies to any of them who I didn't pronounce the name right, but I'm sure none of them are here. <laughs> <laughs> and if they are, I wish I picked you because you care about it more than anyone else nominated <laughs> for any Oscar. Yes. Ever. Um, I think this is Bombshells. Mm. Mm. All right, Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, I see why you're saying Bombshell. The most press has been written about the makeup of Bombshell. Almost almost outside of the film itself. Like people talk about the transformation of into Megan Kelly more than they do about the movie itself. Which is amazing. Yeah. yeah so I and think that that's that's a pretty fair bet. Not forget what they did to John Lithgow to make him look like Robert Ailes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Roger or Roger Ailes. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like yeah. a fictionalized account, so they changed the name slightly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think between Lithgow and and what they do with Theron, I think that's uh, it's pretty impressive. So I, I also have Bombshell. Yeah, I I also went that. I think it's a pretty easy category to predict. Although it seemed like Joker, I originally thought might be the one to just you know very yeah. obvious makeup, but but yeah, I think I think Bombshell what they're able to do with that. And by the way, five nominees in makeup and hairstyling finally isn't yeah, is this the first time? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so very it's glad to actually time? see that. Yeah, this is always like a three nominee category usually. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for at least for the longest time it was. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if they had five like twenty years ago. This is an interesting category. They've kind of there was a long period where they didn't have it, and then they brought it back. So it's mm-hmm. they've kind of gone back and forth with this one, which is surprising because that's a big part of films. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So this one, best cinematography. Oh, we have an intro package for this. So let's listen to the nominees talk about their achievements for best cinematography. For the best achievement in cinematography, the nominees are Rodrigo Prieto for The Irishman. When we were doing the the visual effects for creating this youthful look for the actors in the different decades, we had to create a specific rig that held three cameras. 
So the central camera was filming the scene and then two witness cameras and they all had to be high-end digital cameras that were synchronized. So we had a red helium in the center and two Alexa minis uh, on the side. So that was a thing. Well, that was a big, you know, and each camera became three, you know, and we shot many scenes uh, with two cameras, so then that's six. And some scenes we shot with three angles, that became nine cameras. So that could be a thing. I remember Al Pacino in one scene where we were in the prison uh, and, uh, and that was the case, we had three angles on that. And he came in and saw nine cameras looking at him and he was like, whoa, you know. But then soon after he forgot about it, he got into the scene and that way we were able to cover his performance and, you know, and, and from the different angles and, uh, and also Tony Pro at the same time. Lawrence Scherer for Joker. Whenever I'm breaking down a script, that's like the first thing I'm always thinking about, right? Which is like, where is the camera? Where is the camera and what psychological result does that have on the audience, right? So if in the beginning of the movie, we want to find him surrounded by people, surrounded by things, and have physically distance between us and him, we're seeing how the world sees him, right? There's something about shooting on a longer lens that in a weird way sometimes feels even more real. And that carries on through the bus, the next scene. And it's not until we get home with him in an environment where he's now alone, that's when suddenly we start to introduce the proximity getting much closer to him. Because those are the times in which just us in the audience. It's like here's where now suddenly we can be alone with Arthur and see him as his true self, his lonely self. Or later in the movie when he becomes Joker, his most flamboyant self. Jaron Blaschke for The Lighthouse. We're shooting a black and white film, uh, so that which was very important, uh, just texturally. You know, how do you get the light levels that high? Because the light levels were, you know, between the old, old lenses, it had to, which you can't use wide open, you gotta stop down a little bit, otherwise it's just like smear city. So you need a certain aperture, you gotta hit this aperture, you have black and white film, which has, you know, a tenth of the sensitivity of a modern digital camera. So everything had to be lit. So you have a lantern, you know, uh, it's not an oil flame in there, it's a, I think it was a 500 watt halogen, you know, and it's like, just enough to expose a face at like this distance. Much of the remarks about, you know, how it's natural light. It's just, uh, yeah, it was based on the actual light sources as candles, you know. It, when we visited the lighthouse in Northern California, that would have been built with a, for an oil flame or a, a low wattage incandescent uh, bulb. I think there's like a 75 watt bulb in there. But for us, you know, shooting at, at this light level and you need to, you know, catch atmosphere in the air and all this stuff. Yeah, we put a, a, a 6,000 watt HMI bulb in there, which comparatively obliterates, you know, uh, anything that the real lighthouse would have had. Roger Deakins for 1917. A film like this, you couldn't have shot it on film. You couldn't have shot it with traditional film cameras. You just couldn't, if just physically couldn't have done it. Uh, you couldn't have powered them. You, the weight, the magazines would have changed. The rigs we had, if you had a magazine, the, the film goes from here to here and the balance changes. So the rig wouldn't work because the balance would change as the film's going through. Silly little things, but you couldn't do it, you know, if you could have worked with such a big camera. One of the biggest challenges of this was we needed to shoot under cloud on there's a lot of exteriors. So it was kind of a bit nerve wracking starting off thinking what's it going to be like? And we were very, very lucky. Robert Richardson for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I keep in mind the aesthetic for sure, and we talked about it very much in, in the front, that we wanted also a retro look, not to actually draw a lot of attention to the visuals, but to hold and maintain a visual feel that was of the period. The colors were more saturated and, and less uh, 
obvious in terms of its camera mo motion. All right, Mark, get us started on this one. It's a terrific lineup, a lot of really great DPs, but there's one that is a god among men, as we would say, um, and that's Roger Deakins. He should, this should be like Parasite for foreign film. This should be one of the no brainers of the night. So hopefully that plays out. So mm -hmm. 1917. Yeah, I think this would be the most major shock of the night, I think, if, if, if Deacons did not win here. Um, because th that achievement is just, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a, a masterpiece study. Like, that's a film that I want to just go back and just study how the hell they did it. Because um, to do that one take, idea and then in a war zone kind of film is pretty amazing so so deacons after all those years you know of not winning finally wins a couple years ago and now looks like he'll be getting his second well deserved so yeah garney what do you think yeah it's, it's got to be deacons um and what's interesting is that you know it was it uh, emmanuel lubeski yeah he oh, win uh, he won three in a row he won three in a row, in a row. Yeah. deacons might do the same thing if he wins next year for dune Oh, Ooh. yeah, good. I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Jamie, what do you think? Who are the best? It's going to be Deacons. Another Deacons. I, I got to say, I love the Robert Richardson, but he's already won yeah. three. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, you know I... what's amazing? What is amazing is I've texted Robert Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like, and I, he said, he said, yeah, well, I'll set up another interview with you. Just shoot me a text. And I was like, oh God, I got to text him. And it always, <laughs> it always makes me nervous when I have people's phone numbers, because <laughs> what if, what if they get prank called and they think it's me or something? That's right. <laughs> so I get paranoid about it. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So now let's go to one of the other acting categories. And again, another category that's probably pretty easy to predict. Here are the nominees for best supporting actor. For the best performance by an actor in a supporting role, the nominees are Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I started looking at many, 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 many hours of the half hour of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I read the scripts, his handwritten scripts of the shows, but rather than try to go with a microscopic mole-for-mole mole imitation of Fred Rogers, it was a cadence, a quietness, a slowness. We'll just take a minute and think about all the people who loved us into being. Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes. You know the hardest thing is to listen, to hear his voice, God's voice. Sorry, even for a pope? And perhaps especially for a pope. You know, when I was a young man hundreds of years ago, I always knew what he wanted of me, what God wanted, what purpose he had for me. But now, I don't know. Al Pacino in The Irishman. I never waited for anyone who was late more than 10 minutes in my life. I'd say 15, 15, right? No, 10. I don't think so. 10's not enough, you have to take traffic into account. That's, that's what I'm doing, I'm taking traffic into account. That's why it's 10. I still say 15. No, 10. Fine, we, we disagree on that. Well, how oh. about 12 and a half minutes? There we go, hey, 12 and a half. The middle, right it's in the middle. Compromise. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, more than 10 is saying something. Joe Pesci in The Irishman. Things have gotten out of hand with our friend again. And some people having serious problems with him. You're going to have to talk to him and tell him it's what it is. Brad Pitt 
in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I know you. I know all three of you. Yeah, Spawn Ranch. Spawn Ranch, yeah. Woo! I don't know your name, but I remember that hair. And you, I remember your white little face. And you were on a horsey. Yeah. Uh, you are... I'm the devil. And I'm here to do the devil's business. No, I was dumber than that. Something like... Rex. Kachudum Tex! Tex! Alright, so yeah, another category that I just think was just written a long time ago that this was going to go to Brad Pitt. Um, and and I, I think it's great. I think it's going to be a great moment. It's the first acting Oscar win for Brad Pitt. I love his performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, the, these are all great performances. I mean, I loved what Hanks did with Mr. Rogers. I thought Anthony Hopkins was, was so great in Two Popes. Um, I especially love Joe Pesci and The Irishman. Just having a more restrained um, mm. character for him to play, I thought was just brilliant. And Pacino is always good, but but yeah, th this is Pitt. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's, he's just, I, I loved his speech recently when he said how hard this role was for him playing, you know, guy gets high, steps out on his wife, you know, but yeah, I just, I just watched this film again the other day and it, and Pitt is just so great in it. So I, I'm very happy that, that he'll win. So, so Garney, what do you think? Yeah, it has to be Pitt for all the reasons why we're, we don't think Laura Dern should win. Brad Pitt should win. <laughs> I, this, yeah. Out of all the nominees, this one is the most like a lead role. Mm -hmm. And Brad Pitt is uh, has never won before. He's been nominated before. He's beloved. He does a fantastic job in this film. Give the man his Oscar. Yeah. Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's going to be Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt is just so phenomenal and luminescent and joyous to watch in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and when I think about Brad Pitt in that movie, I also think about what uh, Tom Cruise has done to waste his his acting career. Mm. Because he's in such a... It's like he knows the end is coming where he's able to do all these physically active movies. Mm -hmm. And so... In, in lieu of dramatic work, he goes and he does, you know, six Mission Impossible movies and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Instead of really stretching his acting skills, which I know he has, he's proven it in the past. And so when he mm -hmm. was offered this role by Tarantino mm -hmm. and he turned it down to do Top Gun 2, <laughs> I mean, I hope he's paying attention when Brad Pitt goes up to the stage to accept that award. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, because I do miss those, like when he stepped in to do something like Magnolia, you know, and, and can do really great performances. So that's a good yeah. point. And Mark, I'm pretty sure you agree. Yeah. And I agree. You guys all, you guys said it all. The only thing I'll add is this is the award that I'll be most excited for, for the night. So I, I mm -mm. hope, hope for no upsets here. I hope he has his moment. I think he's been the most fun part of the precursor trail with his speeches at the globes and sags and, mm. and everywhere else. So really would love to see him win. Yeah, and I just don't see how any of these could win over him. You know, like I mean, they're they're Pesci, great. Pesci, Pesci's the one I would. Yeah, watch maybe coming out of yeah, retirement. Pesci's great. Oh, he's so good in that film. Ugh. What a legendary lineup, though. Like one of the best fives, oh. I think. <laughs> yeah. Ever, right. No kidding. Yeah, it's an impressive list for sure. All right, so let's get to the categories that are typically we look at as post-production for films. 
So Jamie, why don't you read us the nominees for Best Visual Effects? Oh, Visual Effects. Here are the nominees for Best Visual Effects. I will just read the titles. Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Nicely done, Jamie. Thank you. <laughs> you, have, you have such a good radio voice. You should do a show or something. Um, I'll think so, about it. Yeah. So, so what do you think in this category? Oh, man. Well, is uh, how much CGI was put into 19... Well, to what extent is the CGI utilized in 1917? Mm. I don't know. I, assume I mean, I would think... It, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would think maybe filling in background maybe for a lot of the war scenes, I would bet. Right. Um, planes. Yeah, planes that, probably. That ultimate scene at the end where he's running i think might have the scene yeah. where he's running isn't that the yeah. whole movie <laughs> i mean pretty much is yeah yeah okay i digress you're, you're right he's <clears> running <throat> basically the whole film but the, well, the, final, mean, the final the final talk sequence. we talk i guess we in the years past we've talked a lot about the, the visual effects going to the most visually effecty film and so that that has automatically made movies like avengers a favorite but mm -hmm. the Irishman effects have been a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, no matter, you know, you could have a difference of opinion on how well you think they did it, but the the effects themselves are have been a lead story regarding mm -hmm. the Irishman. So that be, man. <laughs> so I'll I'll go the safe choice. I'll go with Avengers Endgame. Mm. Very interesting choice, Mark. What do you think? Is that the safe choice, Mark? Um, I don't know. No. I'm going to say no, but I, I think, listen, I think it's the most visual effects driven film. Like, I think it would be a great winner out of these five. Um, this, for whatever reason, this is probably my favorite set, and I think I've mentioned it every year I've been on the podcast, so I'll just keep it going because it keeps happening. Um, 16 out of the last 19 winners here were also nominated for production design. Oh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting fact. And that's just 1917 and The Irishman this year. Hmm. Um, I, uh, jo uh, Jamie's right about you know The Irishman being talked about, but I think it's mostly been people not liking the de-aging effect and actors hmm. having a little bit of issues with that and whatever else. So um, I have this kind of tied to that production design Oscar that I talked about earlier going to 1917, and I have 1917 winning again here. Wow, really? Very interesting pick there, Mark. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, this is this is a tough one because I I also see a case for the Lion King. I mean, I think you yeah, know, what they yeah. did what they did with the Lion King was pretty extraordinary uh to make that look like yep. you know, there there's some there's some truly beautiful shots in that film that um so that that seems on paper like it might be the one. I agree that Avengers Endgame is, you know, filled with tons of visual effects but i do got to go the irishman on this because i do think regardless of you know some saying it works or not it's a pretty extraordinary achievement um mm -hmm. that they did that and for the most part i think succeeded um so i think because of the fact that it is this new technology because yeah. uh, you know i'd have to think back in some in oscar history but it seemed like whenever there was a film that came along that really showed us some new advancement that we hadn't seen in visual effects it it does tend to kind of win so 
Yeah, and that's that's a good pick too from the standpoint of this is a category where when best picture nominees are here, they usually oh. tend to win over mm-hmm. non best picture nominees. The Lion King that you mentioned was also the winner of the Visual Effects Society Guild. So mm-hmm. if it wins BAFTA this weekend and it has both BAFTA and VES, that might mm-hmm. push to the front at that point. But it's a good good pick. Man, you guys made me question. But, I mean, I think it illustrates how tough this particular category yeah, is. This is a it tough is. One this oh, yeah. No it's, this is not an easy one to predict by any means. Um, Garney, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's a case for all of these nominees to win. Um, but here's a stat for you. Only mm. six movies with a colon in the title <laughs> have won Best Visual Effects. Okay. Then. Uh. And half of them started with The Lord of the Rings. It's <laughs> <laughs> so odd, right? Like the there's other, so many nice. big yeah. movies that have the colon. The other three being Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, yeah. Terminator 2, oh, Judgment yes. Day, and okay. 2001, colon, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Nice. That is odd when you think about it. Cause so many of like the Star Wars. Well, I guess the Star Wars films when they came out probably didn't have colon. Mm-hmm. That's like a later thing, I guess. Right. But, yeah. And yeah. so you have these two great, um, you know, the Avengers Endgame, yeah. the end of this great universe, and giving the award to Endgame would be a way to acknowledge everything yeah. they did with this first phase. Mm-hmm. But they're going to keep going. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. It's the end of the Skywalker saga, but there's going to be more Star Wars movies. Um, you know, The Lion King, not a lot of people liked it. And Jungle Book already did it. So I know here I said that there's an argument for all of them to win, and I'm telling you reasons why they're not going to win. <laughs> um, and so then you have The Irishman in 1917. I, I did put Avengers Endgame as my prediction in your contest. Uh, but thinking about it now. Um, yeah, now that Jamie chose it. <laughs> yeah, not that Jamie chose it. Is having second uh, thoughts. I think that this might be another win for 1917. I think there's a lot of people that, but there's like, going to be. It's just like your argument with Star Wars and Avengers. There's going to be another one. There's going to be another. One. <laughs> they're going to make 1918. Right? I mean, 1918. Yeah, because there's a lot. Like the reason why 1917 wasn't nominated for film editing because people think, well, there's not that much editing because it was like mm. one long take. The editing was so to make it look like one take. Oh, yeah. Editing was so central to all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they're just thinking, well, that's more of a visual effect. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, and since 1917 is just one long visual journey, I think that that I'm changing my, my prediction last minute yeah. to 1917. God, and here, that was the one that I thought had the least chance of winning. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just I, thought it was the yeah. least visual effects of when you kind of think of it from the surface of visual effects, like it is, I think it is. Yeah. I think you're so right. it, oh, damn. Well, now you made me feel even like less secure in this so category. Think about this too, when it comes to this, and I guess this is again, spoiling what I'm doing later, but I think when you have a, what are you doing a tight later? race, oh, well, <laughs> stick around. Is there a visual effect involved? <laughs> yes, of course. There's some, there are some visuals. Um, no, I think, you know, this is a close race. And so I think you're going to have votes be split. And so I think that could favor a movie that might be the front runner for the big prize. Right. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. There's like, I think, uh, Garney said that you can make a case for any of these. I think 1917 Irishman and Lion King, there's a little stronger case for, but mm-hmm. anything could happen here. Tough category. Wow. It is a tough yeah. category. Which 
we haven't ha often had in visual effects. Usually there's there's one that we kind of know for sure is going to win, but anyway. A lot of it is because last year I thought it was going to be Infinity Ward, lost a first man, so, you know, mm -hmm. fuck you, Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So here's another you. opportunity for them to just say, fuck you, Avengers. <laughs> Fool me twice. <laughs> Endgame. That's right. All right, so now let's listen to a little bit of the sound worlds uh, that we had nominated this year with the category of Best Sound Mixing. For the Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, the nominees are Ad Astra. Um, but we have what looks like unidentified rovers approaching our position. Possible pirate activity. Alpha, we need backup ASAP. We're being ambushed. LRV-2 down. Ford versus Ferrari. That's my girl. Joker. I have a condition. I'll tell you what you have, asshole. <laughs> Nineteen seventeen. Looks like it. Dogfight. Who's winning? Us, I think. Two on one. I got him. Once upon a time in Hollywood. the best I can under the circumstances. Now, I do not want to get into it tonight. Uh, can I help you? All right, and Garney, get us started in this category. What do you think for sound mixing? Oh, this award is totally going to go to Rocket Man. Oh, wait, <laughs> It wasn't nominated? No, oh. no. Well, wait, wait. What, what, what war movie is nominated? Uh, 1917. <laughs> 1917. Oh, so a pretty easy prediction for you there, Garney. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I will say that there's a strong case for Ford v. Ferrari because, you know, mm -hmm. cars. <laughs> yes, cars. Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, 1917. The, bo the bombast. The bombast. And Mark? I'm at the moment still on Ford v Ferrari. I, again, this this is one of the ones that I need to see what BAFTA does. Sound um, sound at the BAFTAs seems to have been on a roll. So I'm curious because 1917 didn't get nominated by CS. I think I think it was Garney that mentioned earlier that was a late release. It missed out on SAG Ensemble because they hadn't seen it. It missed out on, uh, or I think it was Little Women he mentioned actually about costumes Design being late release. But this this applies to the same situation with 1917. So. I'm curious what BAFTA does. It's the first time they're really going head to head in this category in a in a big uh, awards show. So, mm. if Ford v Ferrari wins BAFTA, absolutely, I'm sticking with it. If it goes to 1917, based on what I'm doing with my other predictions, I'm likely switching over. Hmm. All right. So wishy washy. 
<laughs> very, I am very wishy-washy. This is a, this is a crazy year because we've moved. It is not only have not only have the Oscars moved up, but we're moving this podcast up by a week. I know compared to what we normally do. So it's it's you know it, it, yeah. just Mark's I'm Mark's not quite ready. All right, Mark the Mark's season, off balance right now. Well, yeah, that, it, it's not for pussies, Mark. Right. <laughs> this season is not for pussies, and it's certainly not for stats people because <laughs> I don't have enough stats in front of me yet for what has happened this year. True. So I kind of have to, you know, I have to. Let this weekend wash over, and then by Monday, I'll I'll have my final prediction. Then you might feel better. The world might might feel. A little yeah, either that or it'll be even more you know more difficult to predict. That yes, time. exactly. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Well, this this is a tough one because I I do you know, and there is this always this theory about you know you always hear it like do do the voters really even know the difference between sound mixing and sound editing? And it seems like no. a lot of years they just mark off you know both categories for the same film. So I was trying to think of that. I kept leaning Ford versus Ferrari for a long time, but. Yeah, I, I think because I do think 1917 is going to win a good number of awards, if not like Best Picture. So I think it's it's going to take this one too. So I'm I'm tentatively leaning 1917, but this is one that I feel could still go for V Ferrari because I just I feel there's such a love for that film too, and I feel like it's going to win something. So anyway, all right. So next category, since we mentioned it, sound editing, and let's listen to some of these nominees. For the best achievement in sound editing, the nominees are Ford versus Ferrari. Where's Bandini? It's done. Finished. Ferrari's over. Joker. Hey! Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. At last. My boy. I have been every voice. Inside your head. All right, Mark. So why don't you get us started in sound editing? So I'm I'm typically not one who splits my sound picks. So I uh, at the moment lean Ford v Ferrari here as well. Same same rationale as the other one. Okay. Yeah, and I'm again like I almost want to just put them both Ford v Ferrari, but. Yeah, I feel like with all the love for 1917, I just I feel like it's going to take both. So I'm I'm going to still lean 1917. Darnie, what do you think? Yeah, 1917. <laughs> and Jamie, in honor of this category, I'm going to open up a bottle of Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I hope we can hear it. It's, I hope it's just good sound with it. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, 1917. 1917. 1917. Another. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So let's go to the category of film editing. And for this one, for this intro package, I, I tried to do my best to edit all of these uh, films as if they were into one film. So here you go. The five nominees this year for the best achievement in film editing are Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 
Joker, and Parasite. Now let's hear what it sounds like if they were all edited together into the same film. So you dress for me? And this is how you dress in Florida? In a suit? For me? Anywhere. Florida, Timbuktu, I dress in a suit. For me. You finished? I mean, there's so much self-pity, Arthur. You sound like you're making excuses for killing those young men. Not everybody, and I'll tell you this, not everyone is awful. The problem is that Bill here is an arsehole. No, he doesn't mean that. No, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, no, he really does think that Bill is an arsehole. It's because of you my son can't walk properly and has a messed up face. Jessica, Illinois, Okay, so there is a little my my little attempt at some some film editing humor. Good God! <laughs> Best sound editing in this podcast, Jamie. <laughs> Are you still Ooh, eating Fritos, by the way? So good. Is, is Fritos in Mountain Dew now? Oh yeah. Okay, oh, boy. That's, that's good. All right, so yes, the category I'll, film editing. I'll though. be dead by morning. <laughs> Yes. Okay, film editing. I'll get us started on this. Um, another interesting category, um, and kind of tough to predict here, uh, but I, I, I think this is the best chance here for Ford v. Ferrari. Um, I just think if it doesn't win the sound awards, like I especially think it's going to win film editing. Um, I think it is so well edited. I would love to see Thelma Schoonmaker win an Oscar. I mean, I think that, that whole trajectory with Scorsese and um, but of course, I, I don't think a lot of people look at that as great film editing because a lot of people think it needed to be cut down to shorter than three and a half hours. But I just don't really see anything else winning here besides Ford v. Ferrari. So that's my pick. And now you guys are probably going to make me feel shitty about it. But Garney, what do you think? No, I, like you said, Ford v. Ferrari needs to win something. And this is the only category where it's not nominated against 1917. Mm-hmm. Um and I, yeah, that's kind of bullshit about the Irishman not being considered film editing because it's so long. I mean, there was a lot of story that was edited into that. Mm-hmm. Um, the and also, I think there's a case. There's definitely a case for Parasite, though, and Joker, even Jojo Rabbit. I've, this this category I think is wide open, but mm-hmm. um, I'm going with Ford v Ferrari. But I'm not completely confident with that. Mm. All right, Jamie, what do you think? I go with the Irishman. Uh, just because you're shuffling all those different decades, time periods, uh-huh. characters, uh, various stories and times and places in history. I think it's the most ambitious editorially of all of them. And the allure of it being, you know, a kind of a cumulative, a culmination of what Scorsese and Schoomaker has, have worked for over the decades. Um, here's an interesting thought though. <clears throat> um, Mark, yeah. what if Parasite wins Best Editing? What huh. does that say about its Best Picture possibilities? Interesting that you shall should ask that, Jamie, because I am actually picking Parasite to win Editing here. Oh. Wow. Um, but it doesn't say a whole lot about it winning Best Picture because only seven out of the last 17 Best Picture winners won the Oscar for Editing. God damn so it, Mark, play along. <laughs> oh, my, bad. my bad. But here, I will say this, though. It's a very good sign for Parasite. Oh, yeah. Uh, keep oh. in mind, though, it's... You know, 1917 was not edited, and I think Parasite's biggest competition for picture is 1917. So it's not, mm-hmm. if it was beating 1917 here, that'd be a bigger issue. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's definitely 
in contention. The 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 crazy part for this year is the ace and BAFTA stats and how those those two precursors are very instrumental in this. One of the two ace winners has won 22 times in the last 28 years, and eight out of the last 12 BAFTA winners have won. Parasite and Jojo Rabbit are your two ace winners, and neither one are nominated for Oscar. Or, I'm sorry, for BAFTA. For BAFTA yeah. yeah, so you are left with uh, a situation where probably Irishman or Ford v. Ferrari is likely to win the BAFTA now. And what do you do at that point? So I, I mentioned there's four Osc- there's four categories that I think are wide open and I'm not close to being ready on. A few that I'm like 80% on. And this is definitely one of them along with uh, production, design, costumes, and score. Uh, but I have Parasite at the moment. I'm kind of curious what BAFTA does. I think Ford v. Ferrari, I know a couple of you mentioned it. I think Ford v. Ferrari would be my vote for best edited film of the year. I, when I saw that film in Telluride, I walked out of there saying that should win editing, sound, and sound. <laughs> And because it was because it was just amazingly done, I thought. So I'm rooting for that to win BAFTA. And then maybe I switch over since I have Ford right now in the sounds. Maybe I have it winning three at that point. The three that I was hoping it would do. Oh, nice. You know, there used to be a parallel between film editing and picture. You know, that was always one that at the yeah, like, the, yeah. they would See, look I'm not, really I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. No, I you're not crazy. No, you're yeah. right. It's, but it has it's changed. More about the nom- it's yeah. more about the nomination. Mm-hmm. The best, you know, until Birdman, you had to have a nomination here to win Best Picture. That mm-hmm. that was, that's that might be where you're going with it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Birdman was the first one to win since Ordinary People that didn't have an editing, and now 1917 finds itself in that same mm-hmm. uh, place. And it's kind of interesting. Those Birdman and 1917 both had that one shot take, and I and I think it's interesting that both those two films miss editing because you got to imagine how good the editing had Absolutely. to have been to make it feel like one take when, you know, clearly it's not, there's no possible way. So I'm baffled that that's not more of a showcase for films like Birdman in 1917, but you know, what do I know? (laughs) I don't know. You know, I know stats, all right. You know, stats, Mark, we all, we all have our areas of expertise. (laughs) You're like that. You're like that Jonah Hill character in Moneyball. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love that movie. That is a great movie. Yes. All right, well, let's get to the music category. So let's listen to some of the nominees here for Best Music Original Score. For the best achievement in music written for motion pictures, Best Original Score, the nominees are Hildor Juana Dottir for Joker. Alexandre Desplat for Little Women. Randy Newman for Marriage Story.
Thomas Newman for 1917, John Williams for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Jamie, what do you think is going to happen in this category? This is John Williams' 52nd Second. nomination. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And then Walt Disney is right up ahead of him with 59. Mm -hmm. they, they, see, I've got my own yeah. stats, Mark. You got it, man. <laughs> you got it. Jamie was so excited to, to launch this stat there. Yeah. That it. being said, I have no opinion on who will win this. No. <laughs> um, man. This is a good Seriously, that's the, it's difficult. Yeah. Mm. I uh oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Thomas Newman. God, and I do. Then I, uh, and then I know and then there's the joy of Randy Newman being nominated as well. And aren't they like cousins or something or I think cousins. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. They are cousins. Yeah. And like all cousins, they cancel each other out in this category. Uh, <laughs> you know somebody's what? I'm been, I'm, I'm been doing that incest genre too, uh, too too much lately. I'm going to go outside the box mm -hmm. and I'm going to go with Joker. Mm. Um and I think it uh, it's a female nominee, right? Yes. And it's a very distinctive score. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so I think that Joker's that's going to be something that Joker actually wins below yeah. the line. Mhm. Mm you you may be surprised to hear this is the, that's the front runner here i would say right now um at one globes at one critics choice if it wins bafta I, I will switch over to it uh this is one of, i mentioned there's four this is the fourth one i am i cannot make up my mind till bafta on that i have 1917 winning as part of my uh story that my oscars tell and i i think it's time for um which one is it? Thomas Newman twin. Yeah, uh, this is, I think his, I mean, I'd argue it's his best work. I think the night window sequence mm -hmm. and, the, and the music to it is just amazing. And I think if they love that movie the way I hope they do, then I, this could be also a spot where they check mm -hmm. off the ballot. So we'll, we'll see what BAFTA does again. If it goes to Joker, then I'm switching. If it doesn't, then I'll stick. All right. meet, Joe, meet Joe black. That's Thomas Newman's best work. Oh, <laughs> how could I forget? He's actually one. It's one of my favorite scores. Yeah, it's a good one. Love that score. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting. And I only bring up the female composer of Joker, yeah. uh, not to single up. Oh, it's a female, but it's such a. Oh, it's neat. Uh, like so, so many below the line category. Uh, well, categories in general. It's so male dominated. Yeah. Yes. That uh, I think, uh, and and she tr she truly turned out a, a really uh, unique score. Mm-hmm. So I think she, she's she's very deserving of it. Yeah, and that's that's my prediction. And I also think because it's also extremely rare that a, a score is composed 
before the movie's made. They were actually able to listen to the score while making the right. film. That's extremely rare. I love that. So I love, and, and that's one of the things that I remember coming out of Joker most, besides uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance, I think the music was what I responded to the most. I was, I thought that was such an incredible score, like how it really tells the story of what's going on in his mind. And so I, I, I really hope it does win. I do think it deserves it. Although I, I, this is tough because I loved everything you said about Thomas Newman and I, the guy like what 11th nomination now or something. Mm. Um, I mean, I've loved almost every one of his scores. I can't think of a score of his that I did not like. I think they're all great. I would love to see him win. Um, I love John Williams score for rise of Skywalker. I think it's the most successful film about or the most successful thing about that film. Um, and plus it's such a recap of all the work he's done. But yeah, I, I really do have to say Joker. I think it is, it's really well-deserved. I think that is. How many times has he won? Nominated oh, 52. Oh, he's won, I want to say five. Yeah, I was going to say six or eight or something like that. But yeah, and it's been, but it's been a while. Because I, I want to say, was it Schindler's right? List was the last score he won for? God, is it that long? Yet? I think so. He's won five times. Yeah. Oh, you got I, it. Look at that. You nailed it. I got right stats. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it would be more than that. I don't know why. Yeah, but well deserved. I mean, I'm glad. That's he also the, the number of times that he gets out of bed to pee over. <laughs> yeah, that's why that rings a bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Garney, what do you think in this category? Um. Thomas Newman's best work was American Beauty. He should have won for that. Yeah, so good. Um, but he was up against the Red Violin. And anytime there's a movie about music, well, you gotta <laughs> give it musical score. Um, and I, he's been not. This is his fifteenth nomination. He's never won. And oh my gosh. is it fifteen? Is it that many? It's fifteen. Mm-hmm. Good God. And the scoring that he did is just incredible is, uh-huh. is the scoring mm. i but what I, I there's not much of a melody to take from it like if i'm just gonna listen to music at night i gravitate towards randy newman's music in marriage story it's just mm. moving and lovely yeah. and works so Great well score, yeah mm-hmm. that that would be my vote yeah but man there's so little melody in any film score nowadays right yeah good point but if you're you know but so are you voting for the music or are you voting for the scoring you know and I think that you can make the argument for both for Hilder and Joker. She's only the seventh woman to get nominated for okay. a musical score. Mm-hmm. Um, the only ones that have won are Rachel Portman won twice for uh, Emma mm-hmm. and uh, Chocolat was that the other one. Mm-hmm. And um, Ann Dudley won for uh, Full Monty. Oh, okay. So she wouldn't even be the first winner? No. She would be, oh, the, she would okay. be the fourth winner if you're also going to count the lyricist for or count Yentl since it won mm. song score. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. But just okay. for a for a composer, she'd be the third. Yeah, she okay. would be the third. For some reason, I thought I had heard she'd be the first. That's that's. She'd be know. the first uh, international. Okay. Uh, well, actually, you know, non English speaking, because <laughs> I think Anne Dudley, she's she's not American. Mm. Um, okay. Anywho, I think it's going to be Hilder. She wouldn't get my vote, but I don't have a problem with her winning. It's magnificent work, and mm-hmm. you know, Joker's should win something more than just the one that everyone thinks it's going to win. Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, that's surprising too. Like Joker got the most nominations, and mm. I'm thinking it really only has a shot at really two, probably, um, which is kind of interesting. Anyway. So, is this the first year of implement of voting for the? 
newly diversified Oscars, or was that last year? Mm. The uh, Academy. They've been they've numbers. been doing more and more yeah. with that the last few years. It's it's been a it's been a, a trend each year that they're trying to become more international mm-hmm. and diverse, uh, raci- you know, racially. I think that. I think it was the year of Moonlight. Um, yeah. That it, yeah. when they really started implementing. Yeah. A more diverse okay. membership. So. All right. Well, we have another music category, and this one is always fun to bitch about usually. (laughs) See if we're going to do that this year. So let's listen to some of the nominees for Music Original Song. For the Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures, Best Original Song, the nominees are I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4, Music and Lyric by Randy Newman. Since I'm not going to do this every day, come tomorrow, you're going to have to save yourself. I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. Music by Elton John, lyric by Bernie Taupin. I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough, music and lyric by Diane Warren. To the Unknown from Frozen 2, music and lyric by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. I've had my adventure, I don't need something new. I am afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown. Stand Up from Harriet, music and lyric by Joshua Brian Campbell and Cynthia Erivo. What do you think in this category? I think it'll be Elton John winning it because, especially since this is the only award that Rocket Man is nominated for, mm. it's not his best work, and so it's really just an award for Elton John. It's a good song, it's a, but I don't think it's the it's, he's winning because he's Elton John. But I would not be surprised if they give it to Stand Up from Harriet mm. as sort of a consolation prize for Cynthia Revo since she also helped compose the song and it's the most you know political choice mm-hmm. um, and it's a way to acknowledge the film, the person 
both historically and in reality right now. So in a tough race between the two of them, I'm going with uh, Elton John winning. All right. Jamie, what do you think? I'm in the minority because I guess I'm in the minority because I didn't like Rocket Man. Oh, I wasn't a big fan either. And I really don't like that. I mean, there's, there's nothing special about that song from Rocket Man either. But you're right. I mean, the prestige of Elton John winning would be a pretty irresistible moment to see him take the podium. He's won before. Yeah. yeah. For the Lion King, right? Lion King, yeah. Well, the first time they could honor Bernie Taupin, too, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with stand up as well. It feels well, you're like the first pick of that one. Oh. Oh, I thought <laughs> that's right. No, Garney went with a rocket man. I'm going out on a limb that's and right. I'm going with stand yeah. up. I'm all alone in this. I <laughs> Well, you don't know that yet. He's no longer leaning on little women. He's standing up. <laughs> He's standing up. That's right. I knew it had as to happen sooner later in the show. <laughs> as long as you're not standing up on little women. Let's let's not <laughs> Yeah, they I don't want to go there. Okay, Mark, what do you I've, think? I've been I've been stood up by Little Women before. <laughs> I, I knew something. I knew some comments. But, you know, while we're talking about women, though, this is the eleventh uh, uh, Oscar nomination yes. for Diane Warren, and yeah. she's never won. And she's never yeah, won. Crazy. <laughs> I have uh, Glasgow, No Place Like Home, winning in a write-in vote. <laughs> God, I know <laughs> that that deserved. That's my that's my prediction. That is, I think that song is fantastic, and mm. I think Jesse Buckley is a star in the making so um i just wanted to give a shout out to that but i also have uh i'm gonna love me again from rocket man yeah this one is a tough one like i because i i really could see because i feel like you know you hear that song stand up and you almost think of what was that song from selma that had that great performance on the oscar telecast and i feel like they're gonna have yeah yeah glory and and i feel like that's gonna be like probably of the performances on oscar night that's probably gonna be the most like probably the the best one, the one that people are probably going to remember. Um, so I so want to lean that way, but I, uh, you just can't stand it. I just can't stand it. It's like yeah. standing well, with that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, t- uh, I almost want to go with stand up, but then Jamie picked it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I feel like it's because like that song, for, "I'm Gonna Love Me Again" is okay, but it's not. It's not tremendous um well, wouldn't it be the first song about masturbation to win the oscar <laughs> it might be actually <laughs> um can i just say too that i can't let you throw yourself away i that song annoys me to no end like i it just i mean i know it it fits in with kind of the songs of pixar and oh. done before but yeah that song just annoyed the hell out of me i just i just think it's like uh the f- the fact that Toy Story 4 exists annoys the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hated that movie. Oh, no love for Toy Story 4. No, I well, I went into it hating it, I think, was the problem. Because I did not, I thought, I think we mentioned this earlier, the enemy, but it, Toy Story 3 was like the perfect ending to that mm-hmm. franchise. But I guess money talks and yeah, you, know, you do. I mean, I, I would lean more toward Terry if maybe that film had gotten like more... I don't think it's a bad film, but I, I think if it if it had been like more heavily nominated, I just I don't know if 
fuck it. I'm going with I'm going to love me again from Rocket Band. It's, just, it's the safer pick, but right. But of the songs, like I actually do think. I mean, I'm standing with you again. Sounds like every other damn song we've always heard yeah, in the category. Really um, Into the Unknown certainly not as memorable as Let It Go. Right. Um, but Stand Up, it, I, I do like that song. I think it actually is a very powerful song, and it, it's you know. Yeah. So I could I could see, but yeah, I, I think. It, the prospect of giving both Elton John and Bernie Taupin, right. you know, an Oscar, I think is, so I'm very reluctantly leaning towards that song. Well, you know, what makes this category hard too, is that, you know, what, what are probably the two front runners, the song from rocket man and the song from frozen Two, mm. both of their films missed out where we thought they'd get in. Like frozen <laughs> yeah. two missed out animated and then rocket man didn't get actor or even costume design and mm. makeup and all those. So you, you know, it makes it hard to really know. Do they really like yeah. these movies? How underwhelming or, does yeah. a does yeah. an Elton John movie have to be to not be nominated <laughs> for costuming? Right. I mean, it's Elton John's costumes. Like, I know. Like wow. Yeah. That's where I. I mean, I thought it could win that. Yeah, yeah. I was disappointed to see that one. Like. Yeah. Okay, fuck it. I'm switching to stand up from Harriet. I'm, right, I'm making the bold point. Oh, good. I'm glad I convinced you. Yeah, you. you <laughs> well, I can't say it was that, Jamie, but thanks, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm going to switch that because I just uh, that, that's going to I can see it now. This is the one I'm going to kick myself in the ass about. <laughs> okay. Never know. So let's get to the four big categories that are left. So let's listen to the nominees for best director this year. For the best achievement in directing, the nominees are. Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Bob came in and he described this book to me. He described really this character, Frank Sheeran. As he did, he became very emotional about it. And I realized that was the connection. Whatever you need me to do, I'm available. I know if he could tap into that character that way, based on the structure of the story and the situation these people found themselves in, I know I could go there because it's genuine and it's real. Frank, it's time. It's time you say what happened. The scale of the movie's big, but it's intimate. It's personal. I need to see his face. I don't want to see it too wide. This has her in it. All right, let's go this way. Okay, let's see what we get into. Todd Phillips for Joker. I think piece is being written about this movie where people proudly wrote, I haven't seen the movie, I don't need to see the movie, I'm not going to see the movie, and then they would write two pages about why the movie's (laughs) bad. (laughs) I mean, it becomes um, difficult to be, for something to be misunderstood before anybody saw it. You know, when we premiered at Venice. We had a great screening in Venice. We won the Golden Lion. It was a huge deal. From that moment on, everything changed. Weirdly, you know, people come at it as a, as a target and start talking about, again, why it's dangerous. And really, when we go, we made a movie about childhood trauma and the loss of compassion and yeah. lack of love in a, in a person's life and what that might do. But everybody always wants to talk about the, the spark and not the powder, but the yeah. film's really about the powder, what makes that happen. Sam Mendes for 1917. The idea for the movie came from when I was a very small kid. My grandfather fought in the First World War. His name was Alfred Hubert Mendes, and he went to war in 1917. He was a messenger on the front lines and he was given the job of carrying a message from post to post. And I started with this fragment, really. Cop, very good. From the very beginning, I felt this movie should be told in real time. Every step of the journey, breathing every breath with these men, felt integral. And there is no better way to tell this story than with one continuous shot. 
Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But it would also even change the history of Los Angeles. It's like Charlie and his quote unquote family are a part of the fabric of the history of Los Angeles from that time and then from all that time afterwards. I mean, to even such a degree, and I get it, uh, uh, young actors come out to Hollywood and they make a pilgrimage up to Cielo Drive at midnight. Margot did it. Margot mm. said she, on the night really? of the murders, one night her and her buddy walked up Cielo Drive and hid in the bushes and read Helter Skelter by flashlight. Oh, wow. wow. That's no insane. Kidding. Yeah. Wow. Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. It's something very natural. Talk about the, the rich and poor in, in this era, in this age, in this time. So every, in everyday life, we always encounter those kind of who is rich, who is poor, and why kind of question almost every day. It's quite natural to create those kind of story as a contemporary filmmaker. All right, Mark, this could be an interesting one. So let's hear what you think in this category. I don't know that I will ever bet against the DGA. So oh. DGA, the Directors Guild, went with Sam Mendes. Um, I also am going Sam Mendes. He won the Globes as well. I assume BAFTA's next. He also won the Critics' Choice. So I think Bong Joon-ho is a very likely, or, or I shouldn't say likely, a potential spoiler. But I'm I'm pretty much all in on Sam Mendes and his film. So, yeah, what you were saying about DJ is so true. Like of all the predictors, I think we've always said that's the one that is probably the most yeah. reliable predictor. Eighty nine, eighty nine percent. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's because I could definitely see it. And this is a, another one where I I kind of was balancing best picture and director because I think they're not going to be the same. Um, and because it, it seems to like I'd have to look back to see if that statistics true, but it seems in these years where we really don't have a very clear front runner for best picture, it seems like they do kind of split up. Um, so I've really kind of waffled back and forth on this because I do think best picture is really between 1917 and parasite and trying to decide which way they go, but I am going to lean Sam Mendes. It is hard to argue against um, the DGA. And also I think just the achievement of that film, I think just, yeah, it's, it's hard to, but I, I could definitely see Bong Joon-ho winning here. So, mm-hmm. but Garney, what do you think? I think that if we're going to say that's a three-way race, we got to throw Quentin Tarantino in there because mm. it could end up being a big night for Quentin. It could. But uh, I'm going with Sam Mendes. I think that just everything that it, it's it's the most personal film. I mean, this is a story that his grandfather told him. Mm-hmm. It's he's got to win this. Even if 1917 doesn't win Best Picture, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later. But what if yeah. his grandfather was a drunken moron? That- <laughs> <laughs> and never really even fought in the war. Yeah. Then so many people in Hollywood relate to that. <laughs> yes. What, what if he stayed out of the war because of his bone spurs? I mean, what if the whole thing is BS? <laughs> well, Jimmy, what do you think? Oh, you know what? I just, I, I, I resent... 1917. I don't, you resent 1917? I do. I don't care how Why? great it is because Why? I so wanted this to be the year of Tarantino or the year of Scorsese. Uh, and mm. here comes 1917 at the <laughs> tail end of the year. And just steals, all steals all the thunder from the from the master auteurs. Mm-hmm. And Sam Mendes, I've never considered an auteur. 
I mean, mm. he's he's he spent he spent a lot of years. Really? He's a damn good making, director. Making shit, hasn't he? No. What are you talking about? No, he made he made American, American Beauty and uh, yeah, twenty something years ago. Road to Perdition and the work he did on Bond, and then he's been doing like groundbreaking theater work in between. Oh well, that doesn't mean Jack. <laughs> that I mean, mean, if this if this were a Tony or an Obi or something. <laughs> Tony is craft. We're giving him best director for his groundbreaking theater work. Yeah, but keep in mind, Mendez won. I mean, American Beauty was his directorial debut in the guy. What won. year was that? Uh, shit. Um, 20 years ago. 99. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know. Okay, but I'm telling you, the guy's respected. And this was a great yeah, achievement. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I, I I don't disrespect Look, I, I, him. I share your like. I really. I mean, I would. I would love to see Tarantino win this. Actually, like, I think that would be great. I, I would. I would. And actually, I would love to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood win Best Picture. I mean, I think that would be amazing. Um, so I, I feel your pain, but I, I just. I just feel like yeah. It's it's like a thir- it's like a uh, how many innings in baseball? Nine. It's yeah. like a ninth inning entry. That that take sucks <laughs> the air out of the room. You that know? happens a lot though. I think how Million Dollar Baby did that that year. It just kind of yeah, came. Yeah, I didn't agree with that either. <laughs> is it the one take thing? Because I feel like this is a Birdman repeat. Because you got pissed about Birdman being the one. No, take. I, I I haven't yeah. seen 1917. I, I I have every reason to believe I like the movie. Okay, and I I genuinely didn't like Bird, Birdman. No, I know you didn't. I'm I'm still smarting over that. I almost said Bergman, and I, <laughs> I like I like Bergman, but I don't like Bergman. Bergman. Okay, so who are you predicting in this category, Jamie? I'm predicting nineteen. I'm predicting Sam Mendes, the bastard. <laughs> Very angrily <laughs> predicting Sam <Wow>. Mendes. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so now who can I'm... forget his stellar work in Away We Go? <laughs> oh, I like Away We Go. Like Wait, <laughs> is that the one with uh, John Krasinski? And... And... Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> Mark, Lewis. Do we not. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, the one fan. <laughs> no, pretty yeah, much. They're out there somewhere. Oh, all right. Let's go to. <laughs> I love we have Jamie. I'm, 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 I'm sincerely. I'm kind of. I'm really not that I care much about the Oscars. I mean, it's not <laughs> like I. You know, I. I the older I get, the more I see it as a pageant, mm-hmm. equal to like a beauty pageant or something. Yes. Uh, but um, I, it never reflects my personal feelings about. You know that what truly constitutes the best, most meaningful cinema. Well, some there must be, be times that it coincided with some of your choices. Yeah, but you know, out of out of thirty categories, maybe I'll be uh, one will win that I'll be happy about. <laughs> I mean, that's not necessarily a, a winning average, but yeah, that's true. I think they're predictable in terms of their patterns, and, mm-hmm. well, and even isn't it interesting how three weeks uh, they cut the schedule by three weeks or mm-hmm. however long it's been. And it's still a very predictable Oscar season when it comes to the majors, major category. True, but I, I, I think it's also interesting because I do think if we had a longer Oscar season, I don't necessarily know that we'd be t- like predicting some of these that we are predicting, especially in the best picture category. Because I think that there's would give always- people enough time to hate them all of a sudden. Well, yeah, there's always the back. See, 1917's had no time to have any kind of backlash. It's just the one that everybody's really talking about now. It is interesting um, the advertising campaign for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well, in terms of booking for Oscars, where mm-hmm. you know there's there are various stills of the movie, and uh, on every still they're saying because you love movies. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're they're trying to make it yeah. like. Yeah. If you if you don't love movies, then right. then you <laughs> well, will Hollywood be inclined not to vote for us. Well, yeah, yeah, and think about like I mean, it's it's Los Angeles. I mean, so it kind of reminds me of Crash. 
you know, winning mm-hmm. Best Picture, uh, such a film about the area where most of these people live. So I, I think there's a very clear case that it could still win Best Picture. Like I'm, I, I'm certainly not counting it out. Are we um, talking yeah. about Best Picture now? Is that what oh, no, we're sorry. at? <laughs> well, we just no, got but, excited, Jamie. Real let's end, Jason. Because <laughs> you love movies is the equivalent of don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, remember why you're here. I love when Jamie gets hostile. Like, I don't know why that gives me such joy. <laughs> okay, yes, we're not we're not in Best Picture just yet. So let's go to maybe one of the easier categories to predict as well. Best Actor in a Leading Role, and here are the nominees. For the best performance by an actor in a leading role, the nominees are Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory. ¿Qué haces aquí? Tengo que hablar contigo. 32 años me ha costado reconciliarme con esta película. There were many things that actually uh, we saw on the script from the beginning that we wanted to, you know, to travel and experiment with. And one of them was the fact that we didn't want to manipulate people um, through the performance. You can do that, you know, emotionally with, in, in a movie like this. Uh, you just take the people to this dot and this dot and this dot and this dot to just obtain a result. But we tried to make a character that was very transparent, almost like a white screen, almost like a witness of himself inside the movie, mm. uh, which allowed the audience to actually travel with him. Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Beaner Bronco Buster? Yeah. Where the hell did that come from? Improv. That was wonderful. That was a triple alliterative improv. Don't hear those too often. Okay. We're all good. Don't need to go again. No, we're done. That was fantastic. All right. Okay, moving on. We're in the bordello. Next setup. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. Thank you. It's the day in the life of a man sort of going not only through an emotional breakdown but a, a tra- and a transition in his career and a realization that time has sort of passed him by, that culture has passed him by, but creating a character that is literally on set working on a job that for the first time he's being sort of challenged. Yeah, yeah. Adam Driver in Marriage Story. In my 20s who came from nothing and was suddenly on the cover of fucking Time Out New York. I was hot shit and I wanted to fuck everybody and I didn't. And I loved you and I didn't want to lose you. But I'm in my 20s and I didn't want to lose that too and I kind of did. And you wanted so much, so fast. I didn't even want to get married. Fuck it. There's so much I didn't do. Usually there's like one scene in the in a movie or maybe two that you're dreading. With this one, every scene felt like, oh, it's all too early in the schedule. It's too early for Halloween. It's too early for... <laughs> put it off for you. Yeah. That, and I'm like, okay, well, then we can maybe put it to next week. But then next week's was was worse, you know? So, so and that, again, that's, a, I think, a testament to good writing. Every scene felt the stakes were incredibly high. They all felt urgent. They all felt necessary. There wasn't a part that you could take out where the movie would survive without it. And uh, mm-hmm. so that, that, I think it was our first sign of, oh, oh, this felt like it always should be this urgent. Joaquin Phoenix in Joker. Comedy is subjective, Murray. Isn't that what they say? All of you, the system that knows so much, you decide what's right or wrong the same way that you decide what's funny or not. Well, okay, I, I think I, I might understand that you did this to start a movement, to become a, a symbol. Come on, Murray. Do I look like the kind of clown that could start a movement? 
I killed those guys because they were awful. Everybody is awful these days. It's enough to make anyone crazy. I had the part, um, but I, I felt like I needed to audition the laugh because it, I, I didn't know if I had it or not. Um, so I asked Todd to, to come over to my house um, and to, you know, audition the laugh. And uh, he said that wasn't necessary. And I said it was, it was really important that I was able to do it in front of him um, whenever I needed to. Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. Why do the presidents of America and, and Russia and China come to you? Because, unlike them, your authority comes from the fact that you will suffer and die in the job. A martyr to justice and truth. For this, all people come. I don't see the likeness myself. I think I'm more Clooney than Bergoglio. There were a number of things that attracted me to the project. First, the man, an extraordinary character to be Pope with a flawed history, and also the director, Fernando, and a script which wasn't overly reverent or holy. So everything seemed right. All right, so another one that seems like it's been um, like Walking Phoenix is all season long. Um, and it's really hard to argue against, I mean, this is, this is a masterpiece performance that he gives in this film. If there's anybody that has a chance of taking this away, maybe Adam Driver, <clears throat> which would be quite an upset and pretty amazing. I mean, I, Adam Driver certainly one of our most amazing actors, and he's certainly going to win an Oscar here one of these years. Um, and this is a great category, but I, I think, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is the one thing that you most remember about Joker is that performance. Um, so I, I don't see how it, how he will not win. So, Garney, what do you think? You mean the most memorable thing about Joker is the title character? <laughs> <laughs> okay, smartass. I think that I think that anyone could take the Oscar from him, except for maybe Leo, because he won so recently, and there's no feeling mm -hmm. of we need to give him another Oscar, even though he does some fantastic acting. Mm -hmm. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I mean, this is Antonio Banderas' first nomination, and this could be like a great career nod. But mm -hmm. since Pain and Glory didn't even get nominated for a screenplay like I thought it would, um, and it's only other award it's going to lose to Parasite, I, his chances might not be there. Jonathan Price would be the surprise winner, I think, mm -hmm. just because he's playing a, a real person that's such an important person for so many people's lives, and it's just mm -hmm. a really really fantastic performance but at the end of the day it's walking phoenix not only has did a fantastic work in the film he is doing fantastic work in the award season mm -hmm. all of his speeches have been been great he's been on his best behavior standing up for his causes leaving parties to go be with pigs before they're slaughtered <laughs> i mean the guy just you know mm -hmm. and you know he's gonna give a really great acceptance speech and he's been saving I, I i can't help but think that he's saving his tribute to river phoenix for mm. when he went best actor because he, yeah, you know, he waited until the sack to talk about you know saying i'm standing on the shoulders of heath ledger mm. you know he's being very particular about when he thinks certain people you know he'll go up and he'll do the same acknowledgement of all the other nominees and then i think there's going to be a very moving tribute to his brother and uh, talk about his causes for, you know, animals. God, and, I hope they serve plant-based plant food. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's what he's been most like <laughs> I remember from most of his speeches. And it's going to be it's, it's going to be a memorable a memorable moment and you know he's been nominated several times already. Yeah, first he's Oscar. Due. So, yeah, I I it's hard to argue against Joaquin Phoenix winning it even with such great nominees. Mm-hmm. What a great year for lead actors. Oh, agreed. So many others could should have been nominated here too. I mean, I would, this you could have this could have been a ten nominee category. What a great yeah. year for men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's the theme for the year. Yeah, oh. it's great that we still matter. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Jamie, what do you White think? White men matter. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jamie, what do you think? Yeah, it's gonna be Joaquin Phoenix. <clears throat> yeah, so the, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, I find his speeches painful just because not 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 as a as a uh, mark on him just mm. because i know he's antisocial and i kind of i empathize so deeply with him that i feel his discomfort mm-hmm. and so it just makes me really uncomfortable <clears throat> oh. okay He's gonna be Can't so you sense his discomfort when he has to oh, go up yeah. and speak in front of people? Well, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Like sometimes it, I, I don't know. Like at SAG, he seemed pretty, uh, pretty comfortable there. But I've certainly seen other times that he's been, because yeah. it's hard to tell. Like, does he really like this award stuff? Does he like it? Like, it's. No, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't think. He, I remember in 2005 when he was up for Walk the Line. Like every time, oh, yeah. every award, he just like, like hit his face a little. Like, he just hated yeah. It. Even having to stand out for the photos right. and everything, it's right. just yeah. No, so I, good point. Yeah, I never thought I would be rooting against Walking Phoenix. I think for 20 years I've been like screaming for this guy to win an, an Oscar. He's one of my, he's probably my, you know, if, if Philip Seymour Hoffman was still around, I think he'd be right behind him and, and Daniel Day-Lewis is my favorite actors working today. So I love him. Uh, I really wanted this to go to driver. I'm disappointed that that's, you know, that it's kind of gone the way it has, but it's hard to be disappointed because I love him. So uh, anyway, I have Joaquin Phoenix winning. I, I hope Adam driver gets his eventually. Cause I, I really I thought think he will. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I hope so. I, I thought Marriage Story, his performance in that was just gut wrenching. And oh, it is. Uh, yeah, when I again when I left when I saw that for the first time, I, I walked out thinking, "Well, there's the Oscar for actor." So mm-hmm. then I saw Joker, and it was like, "Oh, well, maybe not." Yeah, so, and any other year, I think it would have been like yeah, easy yeah. pick for Adam Driver. So, but yeah. talk about an upset. That would be an amazing upset if he did. How yeah. did you see Marriage Story before Joker? Uh, tell you right, I saw Marriage Story. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He's got that Telluride connection. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I got going for me. <laughs> hey, that's more than some people have. You know? <laughs> and this and this beard. And the beard, that's right. And this and this lamp. That's all I need. <laughs> Telluride, this beard, and this lamp. He is great, and he strikes me as one of those actors that uh if you yeah. just look at him, there's no reason for him to be a movie star. Because yeah. oh yeah, he's like he's like one of those guys that might be a might have been a movie star in the seventies, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's yeah. no, he's a phenomenal actor, but oh. it surprises me that he's actually a movie star too. You know, oh, and people find him incredibly he, sexy. Oh my god, yeah, they, a lot of women. They know it's like him. if Michael Shannon and yeah. Steve Buscemi had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's a shame yeah. too. It's a shame too. Anything a driver because of the year he had was pretty oh. outstanding. Oh yeah, he's I mean, fantastic. You know, yeah. Star Wars and yeah. the report. I don't know if you guys saw the report. I liked that one a lot. Yeah. Uh, and there's something else I'm forgetting he did. Like he had a huge year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh well, the dead don't die. I don't know if you saw that one either. But yeah, I saw that. That's fun. That's fun. Anyway, 
All right. Lead actress. Let's, let's move on to lead actress. For the best performance by an actress in a leading role, the nominees are Cynthia Erivo in Harriet. My intention on trying to hear God's voice more clearly. Do you know what would happen if you got caught? They would torture you until you pointed them right to this office. You got lucky, Harriet. And there's nothing more you can do. Don't you tell me what I can't do. I made it this far on my own. God was watching, but my feet was my own. Running, bleeding, climbing, nearly drowned. Nothing to eat for days and days, man. I made it. So don't you tell me what I can't do. I was surprised that, uh, that where she started, where it all began, was because of how much she loved her husband. It was heartbreak mm -hmm. and love that started her journey. It was the fact she'd, she'd gone back to save her husband and because her husband was now with someone else, mm. uh, she, it's like she had to reevaluate her options, figure out what to do now, where, where should she move forward, and she chose to, to save more mm -hmm. lives. Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. What? You're so merged with your own selfishness, you don't even identify it as selfishness anymore. You're such a dick! You know, it's a work to get to a place where you feel confident enough that you can get in a few takes, and it's just so different than the process of doing theater. But this actually felt much more like the process mm -hmm. of doing theater in the fact that I had, you know, seemingly endless time to, to, to play around with it and have as many opportunities to get it wrong as, as, as I wanted. Saoirse Ronan in Little Women. Why are you saying this? Say yes. Let's be happy together, Joe. I can't say yes truly, so I'm not going to say it at all. And you'll see that I'm right eventually, and you'll thank me for it. Listen, you'll find some lovely, accomplished girl who will love you and adore you, and, and she's going to make a fine mistress for your fine house, but I wouldn't, all yes, right? Would, I'm, look at me. I'm homely, and I'm awkward, and I I'm odd. And you'd be ashamed of I me. I love you, Joe. And we would quarrel, but we can't help it even now. The way Joe and Laurie are in Little Women is the way Timothy and I are in real life. I like hit him a lot, I try and mess up his hair, which he doesn't like. You know, even when we did Ladybird, we were very comfortable around each other. And we're both different actors, I feel like. I like someone to go, this is the goal, and I'll go, right okay, that's where I need to get to. Whereas Timothy will like go over here and he'll go over there. And it's very exciting to work with someone who is just trying different things from take to take. Charlize Theron in Bombshell. It's like we're telling women, go on, speak up for yourself. Just know the entire network is with Roger. No one will believe you. They'll call you a liar. Oh, and as for your career, you want assignments and airtime, go ahead. Call the paranoid man who decides your salary a pervert and do that on a fucking anonymous hotline he controls. On a phone he has a contractual right to record. Jesus fucking Christ, do you think women are idiots? It's like somebody stripped you naked and they want you to walk through this office just to fucking prove it. Um, I ended up wearing uh, two pieces on my eyes that went from my eyelid to my eyebrow because um, our eyes were just shaped so differently. Um, and I would say those two pieces changed my face the most. We did, we did a little bit at the bottom of the face as well. And I have down? a very deep eye bed and she, ha she doesn't. So that, that just really helped change. And then of course, contact lenses. She has this like beautiful indigo blue eyes. Renee Zellweger and Judy. Where troubles melt like lemon drops away above the chimney tops. That's where you find 
It contextualized a lot of the less kind press that you would read about her in her later years. And it wasn't just, oh, that this person was... A mess. Yeah, that it's much more complicated and nuanced than that, as are most stories. As a person with a public persona, I've experienced a little bit of the things that are challenging you know, when you live that, that life. Not to that degree. All right, Jamie, another one that seemed like this has been a foregone conclusion. What do you think? Every time I put Fritos in my mouth, you call on me. <laughs> I sense that there's a disturbance in the forest. Yeah, like it. Warm. <laughs> All right. So I don't have to read the nominees. You played them already, right? Oh, yes. You, you just heard them. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop pretending like we're piecing them together. Well, this is another. Best editing goes to what? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jamie, don't it, screw up the editing of this thing, man. <laughs> this is kind of another. another uh, this is kind of another no-brainer. It's going to be Renee Zellweger yeah. in a movie that obviously is not really loved. But mm-hmm. you know, as in previous years, I found that that doesn't really matter the quality of the movie. It's about the quality of the performance. Yeah, true. I mean, this is a real Iron Lady kind of situation here. Mm-hmm. And Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I loved I loved Brene in this, so I'm happy to see her. I think it's really cool to see the her career arc and her, you know, kind of it's kind of a comeback story. I think that's always fun to see. And yeah, mm-hmm. she's been humble and uh, on the whole awards trail, and I'm excited for her to win again. And she's she's 50 now, isn't she? Uh, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you ask how old Joaquin Phoenix was? No, right? I asked how old Renee yeah. was. <laughs> No, that's my point. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Well, I just I'm just saying. Like, I I, I think what Mark Why does age have to matter here? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It only matters with the women. Oh, right. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think Joaquin Phoenix might be 52. So there. Oh, I mean, Joaquin's probably older. I would. I would oh, he might be. Actually. Know, but who, but I don't, who, who knows? Either way, they both look great yeah. for their age. Is my point. Yeah. So there. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> And with that, <laughs> I'm picking yeah, sure, that was, that was <laughs> no. I, yeah, this is this is easily Renee Zellweger, like, because and it is a great performance. Like, I, I wish the yeah. film had been a little bit better, um, but there are so many moments in that film that are so powerful because of her, and and just the way she took on Judy Garland. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy to see her win, because um, I, I just don't know who else would really take this from her, honestly. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody really has a shot. If anyone, I'd say Scarlett, just because she's double nominated, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, another member of that cast is likely to win an Oscar in supporting actress. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Saoirse Ronan would be a surprise one too, since that's the one, mm-hmm. or since that also got in for picture along with Marriage Story. Uh, and well, she's, she's another nominated. one that's going to win sooner or later. Like, I, I feel yeah. like she's going to be a, a Meryl Streep. We're going to see her getting yeah. into the teens of, of nominations. So. I think she missed uh, Jennifer Lawrence's record of four nominations. Youngest to ever have four nominations. I think she missed it by like three months or something to Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, there we go with age again, Mark. <laughs> right? There we go. And well, of course, and of course the winners are young, right? Uh, yes, I, yes. That's four right. Nominees. So yeah, she's, she, she'll get hers. I, I think, I think she's even maybe more likely than driver to get his. Mm. She's just on such a roll. And Garney, what do you think? I think. I think Michael Shannon would be into it a lot more than um, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been sitting that. here thinking about Michael Shannon and Steve Buscemi getting it on. 
I love. And the, I really see Michael Shannon. He he would commit to it, you know. Steve Buscemi would be kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and but then Michael Shannon would be like, you know, you you know, you want to get in on this, and so you know. Just, when they, when they were when when they reached completion, Buscemi would be like, "That's a geyser." <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Scott would be like, "If you say so." Um, no, I. Out of all the locks for acting, I think this one is the weakest. Like I could see this one being the one that could get the surprise, oh. it, with the exception that, but she doesn't have the competition. Is the thing mm-hmm. like Walking Phoenix has better competition, but I think his grasp on the award is stronger. Um, and I'm only saying this because it's Judy has came out much longer ago, there's been more time for people to forget about it. Mm-hmm. But on the same hand, you've got that it's Judy Garland, she's playing a legend, so it's mm-hmm. a way of paying tribute to her as well. Yeah, and I if Bombshell had gotten nominated for Best Picture, I think Charlize Theron would be a in line to be a surprise winner but it has wasn't i mean she won for monster what 13 years ago uh-huh. yeah, it was like 2003 i think or something uh, wasn't it 2005 2006 something like that oh is that that recent yeah i want to say it was 2006 um okay. uh, i think the fact that scarlett jansen is double nominated a lot of people are going to see that as award enough i mean anytime a woman is nominated twice she doesn't win unless it's Holly Hunter, right? I think so. Because I know Sigourney Weaver didn't win when she was double so nominated. Kate Blanchett won when oh, she was double nominated right. for Elizabeth Golden Age. Uh-huh. Or for I'm Not There, the other one was Elizabeth Golden Age. Right, right. She won the supporting. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I am going with Renee Zellweger. But I think if there's going to be a surprise, Maybe this is where we see Cynthia Revo be the surprise, where it's like, hey, let's give it to well, someone. Um, and because she's also playing someone who really existed. So it's like, you know, the only person that was more influential than Judy Garland was Harriet Tubman. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, but, we did have the surprise like you brought up in this category last year. So, yeah. I mean, but again, Harriet. Like, it's a shoe. I mean, <laughs> that was the most, one of the for sure things that we were thinking. Um. So yeah, it could happen. Harriet doesn't have the the pool that the the, mm-hmm. the favorite did. So, I I think it's pretty foolish to pick anyone but Renee Zellweger at this point. Yeah. All right, it all comes down to one category, and that's best picture of the year. So let's listen to the nominees. And for the best motion picture of the year, two thousand nineteen, the nominees are Ford versus Ferrari, Peter Chernin, Jeno Topping, and James Mangold producing. Ken Miles is not a Ford man. We're on the verge of something. And now you tell me that I can't have the best man in the world behind the wheel? Give me one reason why I don't fire everyone starting with you. Well, sir, we're lighter, we're faster. So nice. And that don't work, we're nastier. Go ahead, Carol. Go to war. The Irishman, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Jane Rosenthal, and Emma tillinger Koskoff, producer. I know things. They don't know I know. He said that. You sure he said that? I'm worried nobody threatens Hoffer. I got records. I got tapes. They're gone. I had to put you into this thing. Sooner or later, everybody put here as a date when he's going to go. 
Jojo Rabbit, Carthu Neal and Taiki Watiti producers. They'll never win. Love is the strongest thing in the world. Your mother took me in. She's kind. She treats me like a person. You two seem to be getting on well. She doesn't seem like a bad person. I'm the enemy. You're not a Nazi, Jojo. You're a ten-year-old kid who likes dressing up in a funny uniform and wants to be part of a club. Joker. Todd Phillips, Bradley Cooper, and Emma Tillinger-Koskoff producers. Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? Little Women, Amy Pascal, producer. Women, they have minds and they have souls, as well as just hearts. I want to be great or nothing. And they've got ambition and they've got talent, as well as just beauty. And I'm so sick of people saying that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach and David Heyman, producers. I realized I didn't ever really come alive for myself. I was just feeding his aliveness. I'll never get to really be his parent again. He needs to know that I fought for him. It's not as simple as not being in love anymore. Eventually, it'll be the two of you having to figure this out. 1917, Sam Mendes, Pippa Harris, Jane Ann Tengren, and Callum McDougall producers. To see my we need to keep moving! Come on! We can't possibly make it that way, man! You're bloody insane! Why in God's name did you have to choose me? If you don't get there in time, we will lose 1,600 men. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, David Heyman, Shannon McIntosh, and Quentin Tarantino, producers. All right, what's the matter, partner? It's official, old buddy. Well, it has been. Flat on my ass. Who, who I got living next door to me? I'm Sharon Tate. I'm in the movie. You're in this? That's me. I play Miss Carlson, the klutz. Oh. <laughs> Charlie's gonna dig you. Parasite. Kwok Sin A and Bang Jun Ho, producers. <laughs> Is it okay with you? We're a complete Jesus. We're a complete Jesus. We're a complete Jesus. We're a complete Jesus. We're a 
this this should be interesting because I I am really still on the fence about this. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a, a three-way race between 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just got to look at what's going against them. Mm-hmm. And which Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has the least going against it. Because right. Best Picture normally goes to a movie that has actors that are nominated, which 1917 and Parasite do not have. Mm-hmm. Um it's about Hollywood. It's, you know, set in the, the heyday. It's going to, it's a great way for Hollywood to just pat themselves on the back. It's a, be a, make it the big year for Tarantino that a lot of people want to see happen. And with all that being said, I think it's going to be 1917. <laughs> I, I just think that at the end of the day, because it came out at the end of the day. <laughs> Don't bring that up again. You're going to start Jamie. <laughs> It's just going to be people are going to be seeing this movie right before they they're voting and they're just going to be walking out of there because they're going to be seeing it in the theaters on mm-hmm. the big screen the way it should be seen and they're going to have the amazing experience that we all had except mm-hmm. Jamie because he hasn't seen it. <laughs> and yeah. I it, it deserves it in my opinion it's out of what they they've nominated there's only one movie that it, very personal that I would have liked to see best picture but out of these to nine. 1917 uh, is it's a game changer in the way that the story is told. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that I've heard the argument that oh, it looks like a video game. You know, let's I don't, open I up, don't get open that up those boxes. I don't either. I, yeah, no. I don't get that criticism either. That makes no sense to me when, mm-hmm. when I've heard that. I just don't get. Why. And I think those people are just be dismissing it because it's a war movie. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't had a war movie win Best Picture in a while. I think, well, The Hurt Locker. The Hurt Locker, yeah. The last one. Um, but no one remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> and Glorious Bastards should have won. But yeah, so it's Tarantino losing to a war movie again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this time it's deserved. It's because – and the main factor that I'm putting behind it is the fact that it is a very personal film for the filmmaker, that it's um, – it's like what movies are it's telling stories and it's a story that's been told and now it's being told in the most fantastic way and uh yeah 1917 is my well if you're if you're arguing for personal i mean it doesn't get more personal than once upon a time right i was gonna say a very personal film for tarantino too yeah i mean it's him growing up and i it's it's a tough call between those two i think that parasite i think we're ripe for a movie to make a stand and be the first foreign film to win. I just don't know if Parasite is that movie. Uh-huh. Very interesting case. Okay, Jamie, what do you think? Mm. You know, let me just say, first of all, how crazy it is that you have a Scorsese movie starring De Niro, Pesci, and Al Pacino mm-hmm. that isn't even kind of in the running. I know. Like it's like it's a distant fourth or fifth down mm-hmm. the line, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I do think 1917 has the lead, and I think uh, fairly close behind it's probably Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And then I think may- maybe there's a feeling for Parasite, and then we probably get to The Irishman. Yeah, I think Jack I Rabbit right. might be a little bit ahead of. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. kind of sad shit is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so sour on this. Uh, I, I'm, not sour. I'm not sour on the movie year. I thought it was a great past year yeah. of movies but 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, reluctantly, I see 1917, but God, I'm really hoping for a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I mm-hmm. think that uh, 1917 feels like one of those best picture winners. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like your typical film. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though it takes place in Hollywood and nepotism or narcissism or any all of that stuff comes into play i i think it's it would be unique among oscar winners oh i don't i don't really think it has it doesn't play by you know this this uh really strong narrative you know it's loosey-goosey it's a hangout movie you're going with honoring history versus rewriting history Mm -hmm. once upon a time in hollywood is a constantly watchable movie it is None of these movies I'm going to watch more than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So there's that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a really tough call between those two for me. All right, so Jamie reluctantly goes with 1917. Is what you're saying? That is correct. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the uh, the additional <laughs> stamp on that with your Fritos, Mark. What do you think? Um, yeah, the preferential ballot has been one of the great challenges I think of Oscar predicting we've ever had. And when it comes to that, there's only one other awards, major awards body that uses preferential balloting and that's the PGA. Mm -hmm. And so like with DGA, it's hard to bet against the PGA for picture. Um, And especially when the same picture wins both PGA and DGA, I'm not betting against it. So I have 1917. Um, We have had four splits in the last six years. I don't like, personally to predict the split there's some years where it's kind of obvious like last year uh but i'm not doing it this year i went with mendes and 17 for both i think uh, all three of us so far have right yeah what do you mean uh, by splits there's been splits so picture and picture and directors oh, oh those split okay. you know, like last year quoron won director which felt you know he won dga and mm. green book won pga okay. or i'm sorry yeah, i just PGA. i just hear the word splits and i perk up sorry yeah <laughs> I do think it's down to those two. I, I mean, I don't know that Once Upon a Time has done anything to show that it's really in this race right now. If you really want to look at who checked all the right boxes, it is The Irishman that has yeah. editing, acting mm-hmm. nominations, SAG Ensemble, Golden Globe, Picture Director, Screenplay Noms. It's across the board with the guilds, except for the costume designers. So, mm-hmm. out of all of these, uh, out of all of these movies, Once Upon a yeah. Time in Hollywood is my favorite, and mm-hmm. I'd still give it to The yep. Irishman. Yeah. Huh. Well, I think well, in any listen, other, it's, it's that good a year, though. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It's a reflection of just how good a year this is. Yeah, there's just so many good films, and and like the yeah. three that we're talking about, front runners, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite, are in my top four films, uh, with Joker being the other one. Um, Parasite was my favorite film of the year, and but really, like I've said, there's very little that separate these. Like I would be, I would be so happy to see any one of these films win. Um, and especially, I, I think I'd be almost happier to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though that was my number four film. I, I just, I think it'd be great for a Tarantino film to finally win Best Picture. Um, but yeah, this preferential ballot, I'm telling you, is kicking my ass every year. Yeah. Because I yeah, think these tough. are the three films that are going to be almost in everyone's top three. Um, so, preferential ballot. Isn't this like the Oscars version of the, uh, what is it, the Electoral that. College? It's, it seems that way. I fucking hate it's, it. Well, it's a way to make it um, more consensus and and, and safe. Yes, I, I think it. I think it hurts our chances at seeing uh, a movie like Joker, for example, which can be very polarizing. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see. I think you'll see Joker, and not that we get to see the ballot, but I think that'll be very high on lists or very low. There's like yeah. no middle ground for a movie like that. Yeah. That's 
the preferential ballot kind of eliminates that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that's the thing too. There's real no backlash between you know with 1917 or Parasite. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a little bit because of the ending, um, has gotten some of that. But I've I've got to go with Parasite here. I just think I think that, the, and again, I'm trying to keep my personal, like, yeah. and I would that's love the point. idea of like, and even more so than I, I know I went with Roma last year and was wrong about that. Um, but I just I feel like there's so much love for Parasite that yeah. I just feel like it's going to be high up on everyone's ballot. You know, yeah. even if it's not number one, it's going to be up there uh, with everybody. So I definitely see that 1917 could be because it is the one of the moment. You know, Parasite. Uh, I'm trying to remember when that came out. Um, of the moment. Is it one for the ages, well, though? Parasite. Parasite? I, no, no, yeah, no. I, you oh. say something is of the moment. The, the question should be. That's is it the Oscars. Is it, uh, that's exactly right. Like that's my complaint. Yeah. Is it one yeah, for the ages? Right. And I think that. I think, I think that 50 years from now, there's going to be a ton of scholarship on the Irishman and there's going to be Perhaps. some scholarship on once upon a time in Hollywood. But I also think it will be on 1917 too, Jamie. I, I really and, do think. And Parasite. And Parasite. I think all four of those, Absolutely. I think all four of those are going to be, I think this is just one of those years where it's a great year and whatever wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it, it may be one of those times where winning is not good for the film. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like we're like people, a lot of people still look back on Rocky Mm-hmm. and shit on it for winning um picture that year because it was such a great year a and great rocky's year. still an all-time great you know mm-hmm. so or at least in my yeah, like i said so. like i i do think like all these films that we're talking about are all going to be mentioned and as as hallmarks mm-hmm. of this year so i think it is just a tough year to predict it um and and i think what you're saying jamie yeah is but it's a, di- a different conversation when it comes to irishman or once upon a time in hollywood no, because there's it. there's a much deeper narrative with irishman and once upon a time in hollywood is uh, in terms of how they play with the, with the with the rest of that director's career i don't know no, what I the agree. story is with 1917 i mean <laughs> I, I, no i mean i don't know what the what the what the lasting impression when we die off in the next generation studies film i don't know that 1917 will be anywhere in the conversation I think I, I think you have I think you have the Roger Deakins factor that will keep that movie going for I don't I don't want to say eternity but you you know I think that I think his work on that film alone takes that movie from great movie to masterpiece and I think that's what keeps it in the conversation. And plus, Jamie, 50 I, years from now. and I really it's very good comparison to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I and I feel it has it's it's very unique in the war film genre because it does something different by the mere fact of its one take idea it, it it gives us a different impact on war than other war films have and i think that does make it stand out i really do think it's a it's a stellar example of its genre um but yeah i'm, I'm leaning just parasite on this because i just i, I again i feel that there's so much love for that film um there is yeah you saw the sag right and, yeah I mean, when they, i wanted to standing... that kind of tipped it for me a little bit um, they stood for the, you know, they love that cast. Oh, it yeah. Was, it, was pretty, it was a pretty telling moment, you know. Yeah, and Bong Joon-ho got cheered, you know, huge yeah. at the uh, they were standing luncheon. for themselves. They were standing <laughs> for themselves. Look at what a great job we did giving these people the award. Garni, oh, please, t- please tell me that Parasite's on your top ten. I, well, I have this feeling oh. like you shit on that movie. No, Parasite's in my top five. Oh, good. I, it's, okay. It's, fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's a great, great movie. Okay. I don't, I don't. I don't keep it in the same conversation as 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are the two that I have ranked above it. Okay. I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. And there's actually one more film this year that I have that's higher than those two as well. Like I, I think this was just one of those really good years. It and is. There's movies that didn't get nominated that are pretty outstanding, yeah. and oh, I think absolutely. will be remembered. So yeah. 
It was a very good year. It may end up oh, 1917. <laughs> it was a very bad year. See, I'm working on my uh, uh, medley. Wow. Yeah, very, work on it at the end of the show. Gotta, that's, that's I'll just good. be a year late. <laughs> I'm just, I can't wait till you actually see it and then you come around on it. I'm not going to come around on it. You don't even have to, you don't even have to see it to know what will be <laughs> written in the books 50 years from now. I, I disagree, Jamie. I'm telling you, you can feel the temperature, man. And you're trying to tell me it's something like saving private Ryan. Do you remember how many people were talking about saving private Ryan and what a revolutionary movie yeah, it was? I, I think this is worthy of that same comparison, Jamie. It might yeah. be worthy, but it ain't. It ain't it's, in the conversation like Private Ryan was. It just friggin' came out. <laughs> I mean, give it a little yeah. time. How long did it take Private Ryan to get all that buzz? Oh, well, from the beginning, I think. Private Ryan yeah. came out in the summer. The summer and film, was, yeah. And there were yeah. two other World War II movies nominated that year. Oh yeah, Thin Red Line. And it lost to Shakespeare in Love, which came out at the end of the day. <laughs> yes. And you had Weinstein talking crap about everything except Shakespeare in Love. Talk about a decision that's like pissed me off. But yeah. also, Saving Private Ryan was distinctly more American than 1917. Well, I, I think Shakespeare in Love gets to what I was talking about earlier. Like that, I think that's a great film, but it won in a year of mm. really other great films, and so it gets kind of shit on in memory. Yeah. Yes, I think the winner of this year may not be so lucky. And when you talk about Private Ryan, you don't just talk about Private Ryan. You talk about the the history of Spielberg. Sure. And that that opening scene is still one of the great. Oh, absolutely. And when you're you're talking about 1917, you're not not talking about the the bravado of Sam Mendes. You're talking about the, the, the enormous gifts of Roger Deakins. No, but it's it's Possibly, still a yeah. I, mean, I mean, Mendes had to come up with that whole thing. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the whole planning yeah. of that, like, Jamie, I, I can't even imagine the amount of work that had to go into planning the logistics of this. And oh, the yeah. Scale of it. A, yeah, there's there's lots of logistical planning that goes into a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> Stop. Jesus. Stop it. You just went from one extreme to the whole No, I mean, it's, no, 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 no. That's, that's absolutely not true because if you're judging the value of the film based on its logistical <laughs> difficulty. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. Roll, roll credits. <laughs> well, that's, no, I'm just, you know, that's I'm, the other argument I've heard about 1917 is the movie better than the gimmick. Right. Is it but, a stunt? But it's, but it's, I don't, it's I don't not a think it's a gimmick. Yeah, no, I, didn't, I, I, I thought Birdman. It, it, it is better than the gimmick. The gimmick yes. helps yeah. propel it. I guess. Well, and then the, the, and the thing is like, and I thought about that too, because I thought, okay, what if, what if the film story was just on its own and it was a traditional edited film, but I don't think you can separate it. I think that's, it's part of the story. It's that's the narrative yeah. of telling this particular story because well, it is I a gotta basic, say, I, I, I'm going to quit story. smoking. I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to start exercising so I could live another 50 years and we can <laughs> just review to this topic. Get there, get there, man. Yeah. I, I look forward to that, Jamie, because even if it has to be me, coronavirus the, yeah, if it keep, I'm just, if it has to be me, I'm going to keep it in the conversation just so I can win this bet. <sighs> They just Same. found they just found the corona. By the way, I prefer that virus on Lyme with Lyme. But, uh, <laughs> with Lyme disease? Yeah, they just with Lyme disease. Yeah. Uh, they found it in uh, Los Angeles. And I'm going to Los Angeles next week. <laughs> are you really? I'm going to Los Angeles. I you you Wait, are you gonna not, be there for the Oscars? You will not believe this. What? I am chaperoning a group of forty five high school students on a trip to Los Angeles. How in the hell did this happen? <laughs> My best 
my best friend my best friend teaches film at a local arts high school oh my and god so i'm the la expert so i go with him and I, so, I, can somebody please film this i, I would love to see oh, you god, me, me and 45 kids <laughs> how old they're most of them are 15. oh okay damn i wish they were a little bit younger too that would be even more entertaining to watch Jesus. Wow. will you actually be there during the oscars no no oh, we're, we're, we're a couple of days past the oscar oh gotcha okay well cool guys we made it through yeah. another predictions year we did have a lot of agreements some differences so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens come oscar night so thank you again